Hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play in this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We go through some Star Wars news, Justice League news, and is Deadpool going to be in the last Wolverine movie? Plus, to kick off 2017, we take a look back at 2016 and rank the superhero movies released last year, plus some great geek recommendations, listener feedback, and a whole bunch more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, December 29th, 2016. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock it. Be nerdy. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock it. Be nerdy. Spoiler alert. Jock it. Be nerdy. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock it. Be nerdy. That's right, get down with the get down right here on the Jock and Nerd podcast. Welcome to the show where we're jocking, we're nerding, we're spurler alerting. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Jock and nerd. And there you get the two parts of the show. And joining us also on this show this week is our buddy. You heard him when he filled in for the jock. And now he's just filling in for himself. It's John Bellotti Jr. What's up, John? How's it going? Good guys, how you doing? I'm very good, buddy. Are you uh, really playing up the East Coast thing with that? Good guys, <laughs> how you doing? Hey guys, hey, oh, hey. Guess where Baladi comes from, listener? I'll give you three guesses as to where this guy comes from over here. You'll never fucking guess what part of Brooklyn I'm from, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh boy, I don't want to meet you in a dark alley in in, in Brooklyn, or do I? Yeah. I don't you know. better not fucking turn the other way if you see me coming down the block. All right. <laughs> Look, thanks for hanging out with us t- uh, tonight, Bilotti. Uh I want to say to the listener, Happy New Year, because nerd. this show will post on the first of the new year in your timeline. In our timeline, it's still um, this year, 2016. And in our timeline, tomorrow is John Bilotti's birthday. So happy birthday, Bilotti. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> but like listener if you don't know Bilotti's a Godzilla artist a big fan here's what I got for your birthday you ready uh, Bilotti this is what I got you yeah that one's just for you you know me so well I love right you that's what you wanted yeah. that's what you <laughs> exactly what I want that's it. that's what I deserve look if you're a new listener thanks for checking us out for your weekly geek uh, needs. Here's what we do. It's a weekly podcast where we sit down, we geek out about stuff we love, which is comic books, science fiction stuff uh, on the TV screen, on the movie screen, in pop culture. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of news this show, uh, and then we're going to rank uh, the superhero movies that came out in 2016, the main six of which we have reviewed. So if you subscribe to the show, you can hear our thoughts on all these. And we've had guests on these reviews. And then we got a couple of recommendations we're going to give out and some listener email to share with you. And that's pretty much the show. And like I said, before we start, check out our last show. It was the review of the latest Star Wars movie, Rogue One, with our buddy John from work. Why is he called that? Because uh, it's uh, Joe from work. That's not even his name, is it? <laughs> it's Joe from work. Sorry, John is here. Where's John Joe is here, from yeah. work. We have the jock. We I know. The jock it's, it's hard. There's a lot with of with all the white people names. All yeah. these white people <laughs> J names. Uh, you guys are confusing me. confusing me. Joe from work. It was a lot of fun though. Great, great movie. I had a great time talking about it. Check it out. 
in the feed. That's episode 145. And listener, we're going to talk about a lot of things in this show and how you can kind of follow along as you check out the show notes that are in your podcast app. Or you can just go to our website, jockandair.com slash 146 for this episode's show notes. That's how that works. All right. What do you guys say? You got anything else? We should just get into the news. Yeah. Sure. Let's yeah, go. why not? Ah, fuck it. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, you should also uh, visit our contact page because this is how well, we uh, interact with you and keep in touch. And we get news articles from our Facebook group. You can tweet us. You can follow us on uh, Facebook. I already said that. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash contact. You can send us a speak pipe, which is like an audio message. We'll play it on the show. You'll be part of the show. It's a lot of fun. Now, since our last episode was the Rogue One review, I'm going to start with a little bit of Star Wars news. And unfortunately, it's sad news. The amount of shows we've had this year in 2016 where we've had to start the news section with an obituary is crazy. It's like a Final Destination movie has come true this year for a lot of celebrities. Um, So... During the Rogue One review we recorded uh, last Friday, we it was breaking news that Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, had suffered a heart attack on a plane uh, from London to Los Angeles. And apparently she was in stable condition, uh, you know, towards the end of the night. Uh, well, sad news, as you guys all know by now, she did not make 2016. Carrie Fisher dead at age 60. Very young. She did not make the end of 2016. She did not make the end of 2016. She like, made it to 2016. Like but she a lot. Had like three or four days left. So, first of all, since the last time we recorded, three huge celebrities have died. Oh, shit. You had George Michael at 53, also very young. Carrie Fisher dies on Tuesday. The next day, her mom, actress Debbie Reynolds, dies at 84. Uh, it can't get any more bizarre than this, people. I don't know what's going on. Do you guys think, like, people are saying, like, 2016, the killing is dear. I think it's more of a case of these people are coming, because uh, a lot of these people were very old, but we're coming to an age where these people who did a lot of drugs back in the day, it, perhaps it's starting to catch up to them. What do you guys think? Uh, it's unfair to speculate. We're not fucking doctors here. Yeah, but, but we're also on a podcast and we have to talk. So we know Carrie yeah. Fisher did lots we of definitely, drugs. Yeah, she probably, I mean, she did lots. We know that she did lots of drugs. I heard. A friend say, I'm surprised she made it this long. Yes, yes. George Michael, also George Michael just reported that he was, spent the last few days, he was like smoking a crack pipe locked in a room by himself. Like he was back on smoking crack. Like this is this age of people who grew up in the, the, you know, in the hippie era or where the drugs were rampant. Now, are we starting to see a catch up to people? Eh, I mean, wouldn't like half the Rolling Stones be dead at that point? Well, that's the other thing. How is Keith Richards still alive? If that's yeah. the case, Ozzy Osbourne, how he should be dead. He should have died twenty years ago. Ozzy Osbourne, Stan Lee just turned ninety four. <laughs> uh, he's he's gonna live forever. Yeah, not to jinx him, but he's basically Roz Roz Al Ghul. Right, yeah, he's Roz Al Ghul. Yeah, that's he a good one. Made a deal, Anthony. What you were gonna say? No, I mean, I, I, I don't, I can't really speculate in why all these people okay. are dying. Yeah, let's not speculate, but let's talk about Carrie Fisher for a second because. Man, what a career she had. A badass Princess Leia. I think most of us know her first and primarily as Princess Leia and a character that was not a damsel in distress. She was a badass. She was saving them. She was shooting down stormtroopers. Uh, what an awesome role model for girls. Like Carrie Fisher was like a good role model and not a good role model at the same time. It's very interesting. Uh, she was also a sought after script doctor. She actually helped on Force Awakens a little bit. 
She she didn't help not enough. She <laughs> needed more. <laughs> Sorry, I hate that movie. But she also uh, she spoke out a lot about mental illness uh, for people, which helped people. And her dog was a celebrity, Gary, because he he went everywhere. He was like a therapy dog. Uh, and she and so he flew with her and everybody knew Gary. Uh, but and she was in just the movies she was in uh, Blues Brothers. And uh, she wrote Postcards from the Edge. They based that off her books. A prolific writer. Also very funny. Very funny. in the George Lucas roast. And also I, I heard in her latest book, she talks about how her and Harrison Ford pretty much fucked everywhere. Oh, shit. On the set of uh, Star Wars. Like everywhere. You. Yeah. Ugh. She was 19 and he was married and they had a little affair. So there's like Harrison Ford DNA all over the Millennium Falcon. Ew, that's you know not I mean? wet paint. <laughs> that's not wet paint. Oh, my gosh. Ew. Oh, <laughs> Who let the set painters in here? Wait oh, a minute. See, Bilotti knows he's a set painter. You're like, wait a minute. We don't have that shade of white. What's going on here? Oh, <laughs> that's an off white. Ew. What do you guys, uh, you have any thoughts about Carrie Fisher or Bilotti? Yeah, she's amazing. I just saw this interview with her on uh, Channel 4, and the interviewer was pregnant, and they were talking about sex. Carrie Fisher just brought up sex. She always does. Yeah, she was like, uh, at the end of the interview, she's like, well, congratulations on the book, Carrie. And Carrie Fisher goes, congratulations on the sex. And then, like, she didn't know what to say. Like, she was, like, just dumbfounded. And I was like, that woman is amazing. She's great, dude. She was so ballsy. Spoke her mind. Didn't give a fuck what anybody thought. Like Mickey Rourke. It's like, you yeah. ever see Mickey Rourke in an interview? Like when he was at the Oscars for The Wrestler and all he wanted to do was talk about his dead dog. You remember that? <laughs> Michael Madsen is like that too. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He'll just say whatever he wants to say. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Anthony, any thoughts about uh, Carrie Fisher? Not a huge Star Wars guy. I don't know if you guys heard. Yeah. You know, I mean, she, she and for my generation, she, she was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, she seemed a little crazy. I think she was on... Like one of the VH1 like crazy house shows or whatever. Oh, she was. I think she I'm not. Been. I'm I'm not positive about that. But you know, I remember watching Star Wars as a kid, and I thought Princess Leia was hot. Yeah, wow. <laughs> she was definitely you know looking back one of the first ladies to actually not just be the damsel in distress. So definitely a pioneer, and she was actually in some other movies too. So when Harry met Sally, she was really good at yeah. that. I mean, she's an icon, you know. And yeah. in terms, and you know, Star Wars is huge. Obviously, we saw with the force awakens how how big it is still is and with rogue one and she's gonna be remembered forever so i mean every generation of girls is who you know they all dress up with the buns with the princess leia outfit uh it's iconic so it's sad. oh you know who else died this year fucking r2d2 princess leia and kenny baker who played r2d2 both died the same year that's pretty crazy uh well, at least they re- resurrected uh general tarkin for a movie well yeah well that's the thing so that leads right into my next bit is that she had absolutely wrapped filming, according to TMC, on episode eight. And apparently she has a bigger role in episode eight. So first of all, Force Awakens with its smash box office numbers, episode eight now, could this break that just because of people, you know, a year later getting to see Carrie Fisher in her last role as Princess Leia? Yeah, it could contribute. But I mean, that movie's going to make a billion dollars anyway. So that's just going to add to the whole yeah, Force Awakens made two, almost two billion. Uh, I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta say, I was listening back to our podcast, and I have to correct us. Yeah, we said nine seventy total. No, that was that domestic. Was, that was domestic. Yeah, we were all we Dude, were wrong. Nine over nine hundred million domestic. That movie made one point eight billion. It almost made two billion dollars, or I might have made over two billion dollars worldwide. That's insane. 
will this help episode eight? I mean, it's not going to hurt it. Right. For sure. And I mean, you look at like the, the example I can think of is Heath Ledger before the dark Knight. Yeah. Everyone That's knew what he I died. Yeah. that movie made a shit ton of money. Granted that movie was awesome and he was awesome in it, but I know there was a lot of like, and it wasn't even Heath Ledger's last movie actually. But, no, he like partially filmed another one, didn't he? Yeah, that weird fucking movie. I hate. I don't know it off the top. It was a, of my it was head. a weird Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah, but Parnassus, something Doctor Parnassus. Oh yeah, yeah. Parnassus. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, I think it'll definitely help it in terms of money. And I mean, every Star Wars fan's gonna watch it and probably cry. Another example actually is um, what's his face? Uh, Gladiator and Gladiator. No, no, not, not Gladiator. What Gladiator Two? But the guy in Fast and Furious, Paul Walker. Oh, Paul Walker. Oh, Paul yeah, Walker. yeah. That movie. That, that movie, movie made over movie a billion dollars. Made, it made the most it ever has made. Yep. And that movie yep. was basically a uh, a tribute to Paul Walker towards the end. If you watched it, and I, you know, if they do something similar at the end of this movie, like it has the potential to break the Force Awakens records, which would be unprecedented. Uh, so speaking of money, let's take a peek at the Rogue One box office because it's only been out about thirteen days. So as of December 28, 2016, the domestic uh, is 358 million and some change. This thing could break 400 million soon. And I have a tweet about that. Worldwide, it's $653 million worldwide already. Uh, so Gitesh Pandaya, this guy who uh, I forget where he's from. He writes for one of the trades. He says Rogue One on track to break 400 million domestic Saturday on New Year's Eve and pass Captain America Civil War to be the number two domestic hit of 2016. 440 million through Monday should pass Dory by January 8th for this movie to come out as late and then pass the domestic gross of Captain America Civil War over 440 million. That's insane. And I think it could happen. I think this week, you know, a lot of kids are off school. Everyone's going to see this movie over and over again. Uh, These are some pretty impressive numbers for this movie. A big risk, you know, as it was this movie. It deserves every penny because, you know, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but I I do like the movies. I don't like the, well, the prequels are okay. I didn't like Force Awakens, but this movie, it was like, it was just everything I've always wanted to see in a Star Wars film since I was a kid. Bloody, give us your, uh, since we reviewed it last episode, give us your two minute quick review of uh, Rogue One. Oh, wow. Where to begin? Everything clicked in this movie. You know, I was worried about the reshoots, but you know what? You couldn't even tell. Uh, characters were great. No character outshone another character because it was all about the group and getting the mission done. Any scene with an X-Wing fighter was amazing. Just the 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 air battles and the space battles and the scene where they're just on the um, uh, the planet at the end with uh, the, uh, the beach and the jungle. It was amazing. It's everything I've always wanted to see in a Star Wars film. And if you're not a fan of Star Wars and you start off with this film... You're going to be really, really let down if you start off with this as your first Star Wars film. Because at the end, you're like, I want to see A New Hope. And then you're like, wait a minute. These graphics don't look that good. Ah, yeah. I mean, that's jarring. But I think it's a nice, if you want to get into Star Wars, you start with this and then watch A New Hope. Like, that is a nice two awesome chapters of Star Wars to get you started. But I love, no, I agree. Like, what I loved was. This is clearly, in a good way, it's a fan movie made for fans by a fan. It's like it's like when you take all your toys and you put them and you put them together and you play like in the sandbox. Uh, he just made a movie out of that, and that's again, like you, that's what I always wanted. Yeah, and I don't think it's a 
fan film as much as the force awakens was see I that's felt like a that fan was... film in a in a shittier way though that's a fa- like yeah. more of a fan servicey like that's the wrong way to do the fan service yeah this a lazier was the right, way yeah absolutely rogue one was a way more uh m- meaningful way yeah it just reminded me of like um like the best world war ii movies and the battle of britain were like four you know, uh, British aircraft will go up against like 50 Nazi aircraft. I mean, that's what it reminded me it's of. It's a and I was fucking like, great war movie. Yeah, fantastic. And I heard they had the Private Ryan cinematographers on this film too. Oh, it really? makes sense because wow. that, that, that's what that movie reminded me of. Because yeah, you need I'm those a, yeah. handheld running behind the soldiers shots are, they just, it looks so awesome and makes it feel like you're there. Yeah, oh, 100%. Just like I said, the battles in the jungle just blew away any of those uh, forest scenes from Return of the Jedi, because that movie, I was like, this is this is it. They're going to have like that cool war scene in the, in the forest and the yeah. stormtroopers and the Ewoks yeah. show up. And I don't know, just kind of let me down. So this movie like made up for that. And then some, and Donnie Yen, I'm Donnie sorry. Donnie Yen was awesome. Say, oh, yeah, Donnie Yen finally, yeah, he finally gets his due. He has been working so hard in his career and every time they try to bring him in a movie over here, he's like, you know, he's a quiet Asian in a corner that doesn't talk, but he can kick ass. And this movie showed the whole world that he can act and kick ass at the same time. How long has he been in movies? Since the eighties. Wow. And the coolest wow. thing is my, my fr- a good, a uh, good friend of mine, Scott Parker does Wushu and he studied under Bo Sin Mark, who is Donnie Yen's mother. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. And well, Donnie Yen's and- mother is a badass. Oh yeah, she's a That's wushu awesome. champion. Yeah, yeah. so Don, Donnie and his sister are both like wushu champions. Holy shit, it's a family of martial arts badasses. Yeah, don't fuck with them at Thanksgiving. No, like who wins that fight? Boy, don't bring up politics. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, look, this proves like this was such an important movie for the Star Wars franchise. Like it's such a risk and it proves that you can have these standalone movies and I'm so excited for the future of these standalone movies. The next one uh, will be the Han Solo movie. And then I have an article about what possibly may be the next one. And it's also, signs seem to be pointing to a Boba Fett movie. Geek Boner. Uh, this is the movie that Josh Trank had but lost <laughs> during his stint as director of Fan Fantastic Four 2015. But uh, my entertainment world has added Boba Fett to a list of upcoming film production a sign that it will likely start development in the very near future. Apparently, it's set to shoot at Pinewood Studios in London, and we have what may be a synopsis. It says here, an origin story of the galaxy's most notorious bounty hunter, Bubba Fett is a Mandalorian warrior who was trained by his father figure, Jango Fett, and became a notorious bounty hunter throughout the galaxy. Uh, these are all rumors, but that would be, dude, give me a fucking Bubba Fett origin movie, and then give me a whole Darth Vader series. I really want a whole Darth Vader spinoff series. I wish I could contribute, but I got nothing. <laughs> Bilotti, uh, who do you want to see a spinoff of? I was actually just going to say something, but I thought Tony was. So then we just had an awkward silence for like two well, seconds. I, I, I didn't have anything to say. And then I just okay. wanted to fill the silence because because it's it awkward. Ride, yeah, made it awkward. <laughs> awkward. Well, I can I can contribute to this. I would love to see an Obi-Wan. Yes, with, uh, there was rumors of that too. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I have to agree, though. I think who was it that said it on your last show that... If you show too much of Darth Vader, then it sort of dilutes the character. Me. Was that you, Tony? Yeah, yeah. that was me, the non-Star Wars fan. The non-Star yeah, exactly. Wars guy has a point. I don't know. I think under a proper script and a good director, you can pull it off. I don't know. Because we, we had, handled, we had yes. like, 
we had six chances with the guy and, and three of them were like prime time. Okay. Anakin's going to shine. This is it. You're going to learn the story. And it just sucks. No, I don't count any of those three movies. Oh, you got it. Yeah. It's canon. I understand, but it's to. not, he's not Darth Vader. He's shitty Anakin Skywalker. I'm talking about shitty. Darth Vader in the black suit once afterwards with his fucking Vader castle on Mustafa. How yeah. about the fact that he has a castle on the planet where he got fucking almost killed? That's crazy. Let me, let me, let me, let me play devil's advocate. Okay. We've already seen shitty Anakin. So you, even if you see awesome, badass Darth Vader, you know, now that he's been transformed and you get this prequel, yeah, you're still going to be like, but the Hayden Christensen was Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Like you're still gonna think about that because it it's all you, fucking canon. I think you can. Yeah, meh. that's that's honestly when Darth Vader's doing all this cool shit at the end of Rogue One. I'm like, that's fucking that's Hayden Christensen underneath that mask. Oh it, my it god, just totally ruined it. See, don't I can't. I see. I don't. I don't think about it that way. I think about it as that wrinkled old white guy at the end of Jedi the egg, with the, the fucking egghead. cuts. Yeah, yeah the. Egghead. I don't even think of Hayden Christensen. I think of that fucking little kid. Oh no, racing with racing with god Jar Jar Binks around yeah. him. That kid went to jail. Didn't he just get arrested? Really? Yeah, he's yeah, not. Uh, yeah, Jake Lloyd. He was I, I, arrested. Jake well. Lloyd. That's right. He, he's still got a big head. Everyone's got to do one pass in jail. He still has a big head. Yeah, you got your Macaul- marketing show business. He went the Macaulay Culkin route of fucking Jake Lloyd. Actors. And Jake what, Jake what I still don't understand why they casted Jake Lloyd as him, as Darth Vader, and he was supposed to fall in love with. Uh, what's her fucking face? Who was like, uh, yeah, Natalie, pa- Portman. Natalie yeah. Portman, who was like Potterman. already looking like a good-looking teenager while he, he was looking like a little boy. Yeah, that is 10. Okay. He was yeah. like 10. That was so creepy at the yeah. end where she's like giving him the eye and he's like 10. And she's yeah, he's 15. 10 and she's like 15. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, uh, Even as a little kid, I'm like, wait, those those two are eventually supposed to hook up? <laughs> Why are you letting people prove it? That's a and, good then point. I, and then I started thinking, like, maybe I have a chance with a 15-year-old girl. No. <laughs> I was like 12. Listen, that movie gave hope to all 10-year-olds. Be like, wait, maybe I could get one of these if, if this shitty Anakin could do it. I don't think at 10, though, you're physically even thinking. Like, that's not even something that crosses your mind. Like, the most you're having with, like, girl no. thoughts is maybe I'll hold her hand. No. I think girls are still dirty. Although, these days. Uh, girls are yucky. Girls I are think yucky. it may be advanced a little these days with the advent of uh, the interwebs. Point Look, being. Yes. They ruined that. They did, and it's a shame <laughs> that people are. Uh, I just, I just ignore those movies. I just, I'm like, no. Except for the third one, maybe like the last half of the Revenge of the Sith. I completely like fuck those movies. But you're right, it is canon, and they did give us a pretty cool uh, Yoda uh, jumping around. But look, I have another article I want to share, Anthony. We were talking about uh, them bringing back Peter Cushing, and you know, maybe they bring back Princess Leia anyways because they could do this by Peter Cushing. Uh, but I have some info about the, the choice to do this and why. And it's basically uh, what what I said, why he had to be there. Uh, the, uh, the ILM, the uh, ILM Industrial Light and Magic worked on Tarkin. Uh, they said, if he's not in the movie, we're going to have to explain why he's not in the movie. This is kind of his thing. This is Lucasfilm Story Development Executive Kerry Hart. Because we were like, why does he even have to do that? He could because he is right in a new hope as you know, commander of the Death Star. So ILM worked on Tarkin with the permission and input from Cushing's estate. Actor Guy Henry portrayed the character on set with his facial performance replaced by a digital recreation of Cushing in the film's final cut. The team at ILM used archived daily footage from A New Hope to study and simulate facial tics of Cushing. 
Quote, when Peter Cushing makes an ah sound, he doesn't move his upper lip, explained ILM Chief Creative Officer John Knoll. He only opens his jaw about halfway and makes the square shape with his lower lip that exposes his lower teeth. Wow, that's a lot of attention to detail. Before these nuances in Cushing's face were accounted for, the team felt like the creation resembled a relative of Cushing and not the actor exactly. However, their first rule was that realism trumped likeness. Uh, and they had talked about doing Tarkin as a hologram or giving other people the lines that he had. But they're like, we could pull this off. Now, as far as the criticism, what we just said, like, you could bring back any dead person now. If if the, if this is the case, if this is what they proved, um, the that guy, Noel, doesn't see this happening. He says, I don't imagine that happening. This was done for very solid and defendable story reasons. This is a character that is very important to telling this kind of story. It is extremely labor-intensive and expensive to do. I don't imagine anybody engaging in this kind of thing in a casual manner. We're not planning on doing this digital recreation extensively from now on. It just made sense for this particular movie. Uh, man, I, I thought I thought they did an amazing job. Bilotti, what did you think of uh, Peter Cushing in this movie? Uh, you know, when he, you know that, that's, that shot where you see his reflection and you're like, Oh wow, he's actually in this film. Yeah. And then he turns around and you're like, Whoa, like that's, that's him. But you could tell it was CGI. And when you look around the eyeballs, you could really tell that it, it was all CGI. But, uh, for me, I it mean, was p- parts of the face were like floating around a little bit independently. But aside yeah. from that, uh, I thought it was pretty goddamn good. It was, I, and and I agree. It's it's a one off. This is something you don't want to do over and over because then you're just pissing on every, everybody's grave, and it's very disrespectful. And for this story, it's it was necessary. I think you could have went the hologram route, but I don't think they should do this with like Bruce Lee or Elvis or anybody else that's dead. That I mean, it's just it's just weird. I feel like a complete dumbass for not noticing that he was. That's how that's how amazing uh, the effect is. Is a lot of people didn't even know this guy was dead. The more research I did about this, the more I think that they could have not even done this. Really, they could have just had what's that guy's name? That was he was Krennic. 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 They could have had Krennic be in charge of the Death Star. Yeah. Up until he dies, and then you would just would be like. Oh, that's right. I now guess Peter Tarkin. Cushing takes oh, over. Oh, that's a fucking good point. I didn't even think about Tarkin. that. <laughs> like yeah. He could just been the guy that's in charge of it yeah. until he died. Yeah. yeah. And then the second guy had to step in. So it's very curious to me that they I, I that they they wanted to do this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I feel like they wanted to almost flex their muscles a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, we can do this when yeah. we want to. Look, it's ILM, right. you know, and uh, I wonder how much of the 200 million budget was actually needed but uh, kudos to them for like trying this and 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 pulling it off because I think it fooled a lot of people and that's that's what you want to hear. If somebody working on that heard you say that I I feel like a dumbass for not noticing, like they've done their job. So that's crazy. I mean, as far as you think they should bring Leia back too soon, they did bring her yeah. back. Well, they did. They brought <laughs> younger her back. I didn't like that uh, one. Yeah, as don't much. don't do that. Don't do that. They, yeah. they they did the young one in it. That one I knew right away. I was like, "Yep, that's that's that one." I did not like. When she starts speaking, it it doesn't look like her at all. Yeah, yeah. It's in the mouth. You see it in the mouth when she says "hope." You know, Peter Cushing. uh, Is it Peter Cushing? Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like when you you could hide it a little bit easier because of the wrinkles and the liver spots and stuff. But when it's smooth, youthful skin, that's a lot uh, more render intensive. I would imagine. 
Yeah, it looked like it looked like Kirby from Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, like a CGI Kirby. Is, oh my god, good. it looked very video gamey, and it like it was disappointing in the sense that it kind of took me out of the whole movie at the very end. I was like, why did you have to do that? I was like, this is the most like you said, Anthony. It's like the most grounded fucking Star Wars movie. You didn't need to do. That. I think I mentioned it last week. You could have yeah. just done like the back, her back with the yes. silhouette with the buns, and you would have yes. totally had that. Now, 40% reshoots, uh, Bilotti, I think that it saved this movie. Uh, I think it, it, this is a case where uh, the studio did the right thing and it, it, it enhanced the movie. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I was shitting all over it because that's what I do with um, <laughs> Star Wars properties and <laughs> Gareth Edwards because I don't like him. But <laughs> I love the uh, directing and I'm just curious as to how much was him and how much was uh, Gilroy, Tony Gilroy. Yeah, because that guy did kind of step in, and uh, you even have they, they you had an extra writer credit. Like they had to share writers' credits because a lot that much of it was rewritten. Right. So there's like two writers, and uh, but uh, Gareth Edwards he did a fucking pretty good job. I gotta say, I gotta hand it to him for for bringing uh, that gr- gritty battle battlefield look to it. It's fucking awesome. Oh, even the my favorite shot of that whole film is when they're on the planet where um, what's Jin's father's name? Galen. Um, Galen, when he's on the planet and it's raining out. And yeah, you see Edu. His, that's Edu, yeah. Yes, there's a shot of him. It looks like something out of a Ridley Scott movie, like Black Rain or something from the 80s. Yes. And I was like, I was, I was blown away. I was like, that is beautiful directing and cinematography and lighting. Like everything, there were real sets. Yep, yep. And that signaled to my brain that this is like a tangible real universe these characters are living and breathing as opposed to all the green screen nonsense that we see. No, absolutely. Real sets, real prosthetics, real tangible like puppet aliens. And yeah, his composition is gorgeous. They're like, you could freeze the movie and it's like an illustration of Star Wars. Beautiful. I want to see this. I want to see Edwards direct like a small film, like just a human drama and and a superhero film, like just like a like the crow. He should redo the crow. Like Ooh. he should be the guy to do that. Oh, you know what? That I really like that idea. He, I think the crow is being remade. I don't know who's doing it, but he'd be he'd do a good job. He would do a great job. Give him just Howard the visuals. Duck instead. <laughs> Have a reboot. <laughs> okay, he wants a Marvel make movie. Make this beautiful. You get yeah. <laughs> make this polish this no. turd. Why don't you? Uh, you give him Howard the Duck. That's like a really bad consolation prize. Okay, last bit of uh. Star Wars Universe ro- news. Uh, uh, here's a fun uh, bit of news. Is this a Star Wars recap show? What are we doing? What I don't know. We're gonna on? we're gonna end here. Um, a younger version of George Lucas will be appearing in Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, uh, second half of season two. They have cast a person uh, to play George Lucas because, again, spoilers. Spoiler alert! At the end of the mid-season break on Legends of Tomorrow, we see Rip Hunter, and he—it's like in the seventies or eighties. Oh, it's in nineteen sixty-seven LA, and he is a film director for some reason. Uh, but there's an aberration. It says here because of circumstances, the time aberration in episode two oh nine is George Lucas quits film school. Mark Guggenheim reveals, as a result, he never makes Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark. As a result, Ray, who became an engineer because of Star Wars, and Nate, who became a historian because of Raiders, slowly start to lose their brilliance because those things that inspired them to become who they are didn't exist. They've cast Matt Angel from Grimm as the young George Lucas, and there's probably going to be tons of Star Wars jokes. This is kind of fun. I'm looking forward to this episode now. And since I don't watch Legends on a weekly basis. Yeah. 
I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, yeah, uh, same, same here. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's so exciting. Who doesn't <laughs> want to see a young George wow. Lucas quit film school and have to be convinced to make stuff? No, buddy, you want to make this movie called Star Wars. Trust me. He's like, oh, fuck off. This is never going to work. I hate you for putting this in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to something a little more fun. And Thank you. And something we can really shit on, and that's the DCEU. Uh, I know we're going to get, I remember, was it David Zika? Yeah. Uh, I'm telling him right now, come and write us something about us not having dissuading opinions. Cause you already know that me and Bilotti have just shit on everything. Yep. And then Imran, when Imran's around people that agree, he automatically agrees to <laughs> yeah. a chameleon. We got no, you got no luck here at DCEU. Look, yeah. we got some photos and some spoilery news about Justice League movie. Okay. Uh, before we rank movies of 2016, let's look ahead almost a year. This is coming out in November 2017. First things first, they put out a photo of half of the Justice League. I saw this a while back. Yeah, this is, this is about a week or so old. You got a picture of more, uh, way more. I think it's from like the 17th. Uh, the Flash, Batman, and Wonder Woman uh, looking up at something. And you get a really good look at the Flash's like armory suit, which I don't know. I still don't know how I don't like that. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, the bat suit is like all black. There's no color in it. So there's some gray. I think it's just the light. The way it's oh, do you light, think there is lighted. some gray? Uh, yeah. So we, I have a little bit of news of what's happening during the scene. But what do you guys think of the picture? I mean, it's just a nice picture. It's really... There's not much you can discuss. Uh, you know, uh, I, I got to see it in action. I can't really judge. The only thing you can really look at is the Flash's costume. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. with you, Ron. I, I, I'm not a, a completely sold on it, but yeah, you got to see it in action. I mean, we got to see it in action. We got to remember their story is that, you know, he stole these parts and Bruce helped him put it together. From NASA. NASA, yeah. so it's like part like spaceship, whatever. Heat resistant stuff. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Anyways, according to comicbook.com, Here's what's happening uh, in this photo in the movie. Batman, the Flash, and Wonder Woman are in Gotham are in a Gotham ventilation tower in this photo. It was a massive set built for an action scene. The group gets word of a parademon nest after a conversation with Commissioner Gordon and set out in Batman's new four-legged crawler vehicle, a formidable spider-like tank which can crawl up walls. Digging their way through a tunnel to the ventilation shaft on or near Strikers Island, Batman's crawler uses various weapons to fend off ravenous parademons trying to attack them. Once inside, they find a massive horde of the creatures and fight their way out, including a sequence on a long and broken bridge outside of the shaft. Eventually, the crawler ends up buried in water as the ventilation shaft presumably ends up flooded. Cue Aquaman's entrance, question mark, maybe? It sure does look like something made a surprising entrance by tossing Wonder Woman's shield down there. In any case, concept art showed the three heroes standing on top of the crawler as it becomes consumed by water. So, wow, we're getting parademons. And not just a, well, in a fucking shitty dream sequence. <laughs> Sounds thrilling. I can't wait to see it on screen. <laughs> I mean, we, we knew we were getting parademons. I'm not going to be as negative. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this film. I don't, I mean, I obviously don't have high hopes for this. Yeah. There's one and only one guy that I can't stand directing this. And it's your boy, Zack Snyder. He's, your boy. Whose boy is that? Uh, That's yours, Imran. You about, oh, you're talking to me. Yeah, Listen, you're the one that gave the movie a 7 out of 10. He's got to blow it. That was the extended cut. <laughs> right, it's right, the right. Ultimate the, the, edition. the regular cut was 6 out of 10, right? Yeah, it's like a 6, 5, 6. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> do you want to know why I'm really not excited about anything that DC does? Because Marvel did it 
like from scratch. Okay. Yeah. Like you never yeah. saw it done before. Yeah. The thing with DC is that they were kicking ass with the animation department for years, yeah. way before Marvel got into the movie game. And they gave us the, the best Justice League cartoon that you're ever going to get. Yeah. Were, yeah. And that blew me away as a kid. I was like, this is how you do it. And then they're making these movies and it's just like, do it like the animated series. Yeah. And I yeah. think, a few people that worked at Warner Brothers said, like, we have this animated series that's like a perfect template to yep. make the movies. And they didn't do it. So I'm not really as excited because I've seen it all and I've seen it done way better than what they've put out so far. They don't care. They want to go their own way. Uh, no, I agree. It's like, how can you do that and then give us this fucking shit? Yeah. They uh, clearly have the chops. They have, yeah. the, they have the creative they people. They got the talent. Make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of talent, we have some new cast uh, confirmations, possibly for Justice League, being Jesse Eisenberg will be back as Lex Luthor. Okay. He, he may have something Great. to do with the arrival of Steppenwolf. Not a big so, fan of the Justin I- Jesse Eisenberg no, Lex Luthor so he, far. Although he didn't really become like the Luthor until the very end, maybe. So maybe he, I don't know. Maybe he's holding back until he's doing. He's doing his what? He's doing his best Max Landis impression. Yeah, so. he's doing like the the Riddler. I don't know but when still, Max Landis was ever. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Right. What, what version of Lex Luthor anyone has ever read that reminded them of Max? Maybe he Landis. picks someone else to copy in the seg- in this movie. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pick someone else. How about he po- copies Lex Luthor? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Good I'll one. How about you copy the fucking character? Also, Steppenwolf is going to be played by Sierra and Hins, who is on Rome. He's got a scary face. Uh, and also in the I mean, cast, he's going to be completely CGI, right? I, I don't know <laughs> that guy. I they said that Steppenwolf is not going to look like what it was in the post credit scene. Of course. Oh, that no, that weird deleted. Yes, scene? yes, yeah. the deleted scene. Uh, I don't think he's going to look like that. I think that they're just going to fucking change it completely. What's that guy's name? Sierra. Sierra Hins. H i n d s c i a r a. Sierra Mist. The Sierra Mist. He played Julius Caesar in HBO's Rome, and he's oh, really good. at Caesar. Yeah, he's old, but he's got a good like scary face. I mean, the guy played. We'll see what happens. Caesar. So maybe good you know. He, good thing he doesn't look like that fucking Steppenwolf or whatever the hell that was from the deleted scene because yeah, that, that was that make any sense. Awful. Kevin Smith said in a recent podcast that he thinks they're going to do Darkseid. He thinks they're all lying to us and they're going to bring fucking Darkseid in this, which I can see that happening. It would be the same thing they did with stupid Doomsday. Where they're like, no, there's no Doomsday. And then you're like, wait, who's that? And it's fucking Doomsday. They'll tease him. They'll tease Darkseid, kind of like they did with Thanos and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. 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 They might do something like that. But you can't listen to anything Kevin Smith says because he's like a cheerleader for yeah, DC. He's just, he just, uh, he likes everything. He's, uh, he's Kevin Smith. Uh, who, uh, look, another name added to this cast list that's very interesting is Connie Nielsen, who is playing Wonder Woman's mom. She's playing Queen Hippolyta in Wonder Woman, but she's going to be in Justice League. So that'll be interesting. Maybe a flashback. Maybe she goes to ask her mom. Uh, maybe it's Mother's Day in the movie and. Turns into a rom com flashback. Well, then again, Wonder <laughs> yeah. Woman is still alive, and that movie, Wonder Woman's movie, is set in the nineteen teens during yeah during World, World War, War One. So, yeah. so maybe Amazons are in like immortal or just live a lot longer. Damn, she old. 
Old yeah. as fuck. Yeah, she looks great, though. Okay, she now. Does, yeah, she does look good. Here we go. I, here's the most spoilery stuff. So, listener. <laughs> spoiler alert. If you don't be spoiled for possibly Justice League, go fuck yourself. We're going to spoil it. Uh, this is from some website, Gibata.com. I don't know. There's no source. Uh, we're just going to read these. Uh, they could be real or not. It's fun. Here we go. It seems that the rivalry between Kal-El Superman and Bruce Wayne Batman is far from over. As cast member Henry Cavill told film, told total film that both heroes will have disagreements over the leadership of the league. Okay. It's not a surprise. After Superman's death at the hands of Doomsday during Batman vs. Superman, Bruce Wayne begins to assemble the league using Lex Luthor's metahuman thesis and Amanda Waller's assessment files in Suicide Squad. As we saw in the post credit scene in Suicide Squad, uh, Bruce recruits metahumans such as Diana Prince, Arthur Curry, Barry Allen, Victor Stone, to fight an incoming threat from Apocalypse led by Steppenwolf. Whether this conflict between Batman and Superman and Justice League movie could be a tongue-in-cheek banter or as deadly serious as most things in the DCEU is still uncertain. Considering Batman and Wonder Woman went through all the trouble of assembling the team in the first place, seems presumptuous of Superman to even joke about leading the organization, not to mention fashionably late to join them. Though considering the numerous examples of poor judgment Batman illustrated over a short span of time, it's possible Superman would argue he is unfit to lead as well. In other news, it says the next trailer for Justice League has been teased online by director Zack Snyder. Uh, so we should be uh, getting something soon, maybe early uh, next month in the new year. The trailer could feature Superman's returning long hair, black costume, Steppenwolf's first live action exper- uh, uh, appearance. I think I've said this on a prior show, but yeah. again... No one is asking for fucking Superman in a black costume right? with long hair. No, nobody, no one is asking why? for this. Nobody, nobody remembers that. No, no, people remember it. They just care to forget. Or, or they just don't remember. It's not like I said on a prior show. It's not Spider-Man's black costume. Right. They're calling it the iconic black that. suit. It's not an iconic suit so much, is it? No. It's a terrible suit. And the long hair mullet was like such a bad fucking it, it was. It, it's such an 80s fucking look. It's so dated. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's dumb. Terrible. I agree. That, that's a dumb thing. That's a dumb Who thing. Who knows, though, about these rumors? I, I've never even heard of Yabata, but then right? again, I don't surf the fucking internet all day, so. Wait, I have the final little bit about Lex Luthor. Uh, he just said he's been confirmed to return and has some serious plans in mind. He will be released from jail and tries to convince the public that costume heroes and metahumans are a threat, but ultimately fails to do so. Luthor is said to be more manipulative and calmer in the film, and he has struck a deal with Steppenwolf to invade Earth in exchange for technology and knowledge from the universe, Screen Geek reported. Well, that fits kind of with that, Luthor. But it's interesting they mentioned what we just said. He could be more a calmer Luthor. Uh, probably not. They're probably going to blow I, it still. I just hope that whatever Luthor does makes fucking sense. <laughs> I hope it doesn't need to make sense. it doesn't need to yes. like ma- like be held up under a microscope. But yes. if I'm in within the movie going, what the fuck is he talking? Like, wh- yeah. why is he releasing Doomsday yes. on the Earth to get rid of Superman? What is his plan to get rid of Doomsday then at that point? Agreed. And, uh, you know, on the plus side, they have set such a low bar of things making sense that if they just put a simple story together, it'll be way better than the horse Simple cells. Simple cells. Just keep it simple and focused, you bastards. Uh, so this is coming out November 17th, 2017. Let's see if they can launch something with Wonder Woman with this movie. They are trying hard, the Warner Brothers. Okay, last bit of news here deals with the Fox Marvel Universe. Bunch of these rumors flying around that was kind of fun about 
Is Deadpool going to be in Wolverine, possibly in a post credit scene? What's going on here? You guys uh, hear about any of this? I did. I saw this and it got, I think it, by the end of it, and I, I haven't followed it since yesterday, it got debunked. Oh, totally debunked. Yeah, Here's the right. trail of articles. First of all, Comic Book Movie says, according to the rap, Ryan Reynolds has shot something for the movie, which will be likely used as an after credit scene. And while they don't offer any specifics, it was Deadpool 2 director David Leach who took the helm of that. And they're like, it's clearly something which has been added fairly late in the game. But then, after that, same thing, comicbookmovie.com, Logan director James Mangold and Deadpool star debunks cameo rumors as fake news. Mangold tweeted, at the rap, at Van City Randalls, at Wolverine Movie, for everyone freaking out, at the rap is dealing in fake news. Chill. And then he tweeted, maybe at the rap is the showbiz Breitbart. Oh, oh shit. shit. Hashtag fake news. He continues, your story is officially wrong, Umberto. You may have gotten a whisper of something going on, but it has nothing to do with my film. Uh, sadly. And then Ryan Reynolds chimed in, sadly, not true. Prisoner 24601 is on a solo mission. Who knows? I mean, they could be just saying this because it got out. Um, it could be an elaborate reverse ruse. My initial thought was Logan from all the trailers and from everything I've heard has seemed to be a really uh, like a dramatic kind of movie, yeah, like a very serious yeah. movie. Yep. And I just when the rumors came out, I was like, I just don't see how Deadpool fits in this at all. Nope. He doesn't. He doesn't fit in that. That's that a whole. different tone. And uh, you just said exactly what Ryan Reynolds tweeted uh, just today. He said, no, I want a Deadpool slash Wolvie film, but Logan is its own unique and perfect thing. The big red shit talker wouldn't mix with the tone. So even he understands like, yeah, that would be fun, but it's got, it's got to be done on the Deadpool side of things. Definitely not when you're trying to like end this Wolverine story and this, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman's last role. It would like, like imagine like a, just a really dramatic ending. And then there's like a goofy fucking thing at the end with Deadpool. It would kind of ruin the movie. It would be like watching like a really serious movie, like Schindler's list. And all of a sudden like <laughs> yeah. you break out in song and dance at the <laughs> end. It's like, what? No, that doesn't happen. Everyone's supposed to die. What is this? The cantina song starts playing. And they're like, I, had, I had that. Or you, come out. <laughs> I had that or like a really dramatic scene as well. And then, like, it's like sa super sad. And then Deadpool just they cut to Deadpool. And he looks at the camera and just starts cracking up. Like, <laughs> this like, movie's terrible. He's like, did you fucking see that? But you know, the, <laughs> this shit. Yeah, I like. They need to play around with. I love the running joke in Deadpool where you he had Hugh Jackman's uh, photo in there, and like even in on on social media, he kind of blurs the line where uh, Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds both kind of fuck with Jackman. And, and he fucks back kind of sometimes it's Wolverine, sometimes it's Hugh Jackman. Uh, look, as we'll get into when we're ranking these movies, an X-Men movie being one of them, they clearly and need a Deadpool to, movie and a Deadpool movie. They clearly need to go somewhere with their X-Men franchise. And I don't think they quite know yet exactly where to take this. Uh, it's definitely more the Deadpool uh, path than maybe the straight up X-Men path. Eh, I don't know. We'll see. All right, good stuff, everybody. Let's take a pause uh, for some promos, and we're going to move on. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, listen, isn't this fucking shit awesome? Would it be great if someone actually, like, liked it enough to actually maybe support us? How about that, Imran? Did you ever think about that for one second? 
Well, look, listener, if you like what you're hearing so far, we do have a way for you to support us. And how the fuck do they do that? Go on to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, or you can go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd, which is our virtual tip jar. It works both ways. Listener, support us for any amount. You're going to get access to awesome bonus content. Rugs has got mini episodes, instant reactions to movies, more geeky audio than you can shake a geek stick at. Or a geek stick at. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> so go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd and donate today. Trivia Geeks, the unpredictable game show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day in time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake from the History of Bad Ideas. And we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program here in just a second, geek listeners. But we do a weekly podcast called The History of Bad Ideas. Yeah, well, we'll discuss things like television or movies or music or games or any other thing that falls into our geek-related uh, podcast knowledge. You can find us on uh, Geek Life Radio, Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, or Radio-Blitz, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, or you can listen to us whenever the hell you want on iTunes and Stitcher. Check us out. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Hey, listener, uh, you get your big Christmas bonus just recently? I think you did. I think you should use some of that. Put it towards the Jock and Nerd fan club. We have a fun fan club that you can find at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Uh, Consider helping out the show. It helps us out for as low as a dollar a month. You will get access to like a private podcast feed. You get an RSS link. You put it in your favorite podcast app and you have an exclusive podcast fan club feed that features Jock and Nerd bonus Material, post shows, instant reactions to movies, uh, whole episodes, uh, and all it costs you is like a quarter a show, sometimes 12 to 15 cents a show, depending on how many shows we put out. Yeah, it's really, I mean, if you can't afford fucking $12 a year, $1 a month, might need to reevaluate some things. Look, I guarantee you, you put your hands inside, in between your sofa cushions. If you're sitting on sofa or in your pocket, you're going to find some change. That's all we need. Or you might save the money up your asshole, which a lot of times has a better interest rate than a lot of these banks we have around here. Uh, Fiat currency is dead, people. Oh, shit. Uh, Put all your money under your mattress and then send us a dollar a month at our fan club. Chalkinair.com slash Patreon. Okay, look, it's the beginning of the new year when, uh, listener, you are listening to this in your timeline. Uh, and uh, there's a bunch of, you're going to see a bunch of articles ranking the superhero movies in 2016. We figured we'd throw our hats with our ranks also. Uh, a lot of them seem to be the same, except for the bottom half of the movies. The top half seem to be the same bunch of movies. But before we begin, there's there's going to be spoilers. So I just, I like to play this and I miss... The Rugs, he's not on this episode, so here's Rug Boy. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Whatever. We've had a year to watch this shit. What, what's taking you so long? So I figured we will talk about these in order of release. The, yeah, we can 
I mean, now, now we have a new perspective. We've had yes. a whole year to think about yes. some of these, or in Doctor Strange's case, a couple months, a little a month. over a month. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So let's start with the first movie of the 2016 year. It came out in February, which is Deadpool, the movie we were just talking about. Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, directed by Tim Miller, made a lot of money. And uh, boy, what a way to start the year in superhero movies. Do you guys agree? Yes. It was 100%. different. It was different. Upon rewatch. Yeah. And I think I even said this at the time of the when we reviewed it. I actually don't think this movie's all that good. Right. But it's different and it's way different than any of the superhero movies we've had in the past. And it has Ryan Reynolds really playing. I mean, it's it's it really is Deadpool. Yeah. The way they play him. But upon rewatch, I just don't think this movie is all that great. I think it's I think it's okay. This is why I love this movie is this is a genre of film that Marvel will never give us. Now, Marvel is great at giving you here's your heist superhero movie. Here's your space superhero movie. Here's your teeny John Hughes superhero movie. Here you have uh, an R-rated adult comedy superhero movie. Geek Mooner. And for me, the rewatchability in this movie is like a Kevin Smith movie. Like, the lines are fucking great. There's so many great jokes. There's so many great lines. The the action is almost secondary. And I, I love watching it just for the humor. Bloody, what do you think about that? You know, I actually watched it twice. And it's still funny the second time. I, I agree with Tony that it's not the, you know, it's not really a great movie. But his performance is what elevates that movie, and that's why I think it's so refreshing compared to everything else that's ever been out. That's true. He does make that. Um, he does. I mean, he's giving it his all. He's going after it. Yeah, and you, as a viewer, you 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 see that and you appreciate it, and his passion's there. And that, I'm telling you, that passion goes a long way. I, you know, I was raised in Hong Kong action movies, so the action really didn't do much for me because I've kind of seen it already. But everything else was top notch. That's why when I heard he was leaving uh, Tim Miller, I was like, I don't really care because it's all about Ryan Reynolds. So, but there is, you know, the fear, as Rugboy stated, of too much Ryan Reynolds, which uh, you know, the, uh, that's a lot of the challenge going into Deadpool two, the sequel, because you clearly see. He said he worked on this movie what like eleven years overall in the making. Right. You, this is eleven years of of passion and hard work and love. That went into Deadpool. That makes it great. Now you have maybe a year and a half to do another one. I, you know, I liken this to like bands' first albums. Like when bands are gigging uh, and doing the clubs, they're working on these songs for years. And they put out an incredible first album. They get a record deal. Another record company's like, "All right, give me fucking four more, you motherfuckers." That is that's very dangerous because you know they want one every year, but you have to take time. You got to take your own pace to get a lot of these things done. Let's hope that he, you know, he's had more stuff in the back burner and that David Leach coming on will kind of rein in. And there may be, to your point, Bilotti, there may be more stunts, like people stunts with this director, the John Wick director. Uh, there may be more fun uh, martial arts and actual stunts with stunt people. But I think it has a, a great rewatchability factor. Like, like kind of like the first Hangover, kind of like Aria comedies. Like, I, whenever it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah, I agree. I think if it if if it came on like every day, I'd probably watch it every day just that, because it was that entertaining. That's a good comparison, actually. I didn't think of that. The first Hangover movie, yeah, right, super yeah. rewatchable. Yep. Then you you get into that formula. Yep. Hangover two happens, and then Hangover three happens, and they get progressively so worse. so, so we'll there. Yeah, Deadpool two is going to be interesting because really that's the template. They're not doing sequel superhero sequel templates. You got to look at like a Hangover and how maybe that same formula. 
if you fuck it up, it doesn't work again or a third time. Like you can't just do the same thing. They, that hangover series kind of proved it. I think that's more of a better comparison than to like a superhero set of movies. So, and that's what, if they're going to follow a template, it should be, it shouldn't be a superhero movie sequel template. It should be something along those lines. That's all I want to add. I think uh, to a jump street, the jump street sequel came close to something yes. like that. Yes. But even that got like, re- I mean, it's a goofy movie, but I got like way over the top in the sequel, but I still, I love those jump street movies. Those are just fun. Uh, they're, are, fucking hilarious. They're, they're really funny. Good, really funny. good adult comedy. All right. Moving on in March then gave us possibly the most divisive, talked about controversial, fucking crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, thing ever, which is Batman versus Superman, uh, Dawn God, of I was, Just. I wasn't Ice. a good move. <laughs> Can I start? Yes, yes. We, we've please. talked about this a million times. So obviously, you guys know my thoughts on this movie, but I'll just throw this in. If you like Batman versus Superman, you are probably a child predator. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh shit! You are a, a sadomasochist or a pedophile? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Ouch. You probably just don't like good things. <laughs> Ouch to pedophiles all over the world. You probably sit on a wow. chair of nails on purpose. You- Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I'm being facetious, but this movie's awful. It just sucks. Fans of this movie really are does. into nipple clamps. Is that what you're trying to say? No, that's too good. <laughs> that's better than it's this. It's not painful enough. Look, what, painful what, enough. what hurt me the most about this movie is I, I really do care about these characters yeah and for them to just yes. botch them so badly is yeah. it's just it just disappointed me so much it, it's like you know what it's like tony it's like when you're watching like oh wow hollywood's gonna make a movie about my family and they get everything wrong and you're like no that's not how we talk yeah. what is this yeah right. yep. i mean the, the hype we're cursing the hype and anticipation just made it even more disappointing. To be fair, in regards of our show, this is the movie that brought us David Zika. And now we're buddies with the David Zika. Remember? That's where this all started. I remember that. Our review show, like, that was a big show for us. A lot of people listened because we were just like, what the fuck happened here? Uh, now, the ultimate edition uh, makes it a half a point, half a rating better. But... No, they're not getting me again. I, I didn't even bother. Well, Bilotti, I still you, haven't watched it. Yeah. I haven't you got to watch it, Bilotti. I know. <laughs> He's never going to watch See, no. and that, that's also uh, what sucks is that people, this movie was so bad that they won't give that cut of a chance when really that cut should have been the fucking movie. Uh, I, I, I heard my, all right, my cousin just watched it and he said, it's a little bit better, but it gets stupid as at the same part. Yeah. That the oh, yeah. No, no, they, it doesn't change that much. It's just okay. a little bit better. But I'm saying as far as an experience, like, why didn't you like the decision that what he cut out and what he left in makes no sense. The editing is atrocious. There's no establishing shots. It's great if you just want like a series of cool looking vignettes. Like all it is is like a montage. Like it's not even a movie. It's a montage of cool shots just barely strung together. It's hollow. That movie's hollow. It's like those Completely like hollow. chocolate. There's like chocolate Santas that you bite into it, and it's hollow on the inside. It just all looks good on the outside, and then just this is how you enjoy the movie. You fast forward through all the dialogue scenes, turn, put the volume on mute, and just watch the fucking action scenes, and put on some like Rage Against the Machine or some fucking heavy metal. Music. My, that's good. My favorite is like post movie, like director. Uh, I think Zack Snyder and and whoever produced it or whoever huds up DC. I forget exactly who. They they basically say, and I'm paraphrasing that the audience wasn't ready for this. Yeah, yeah. like as as if like as if like oh 
you guys are just too dumb to understand this kind of movie. We were going for something really fucking different, really off the it. wall. You we didn't we, get it. Yeah, we were really shooting for the stars here, and you guys just didn't get it. We we can't. You guys aren't ready for us to deconstruct the heroes like this. And this? it's like, no, you dumbass fucking idiots. It's not that we're not ready for deconstruction. The next movie we talk about totally deconstructed our heroes, yep. but everyone fucking loved it because you know why? They built towards that shit. Superman yes. and Batman weren't ready to be deconstructed because this was our fucking introduction to these characters. We're doing yes. it ass backwards. This was this this movie was like the fifth. This should have been like the fifth or sixth movie featuring these characters that, that, that this happens to them. Not the first movie. Right. It was stupid. Too much, too soon, too fast, which leads us to our next movie, Anthony. Great segue, because for a while, it seemed like the uh, year of superhero battling movies. And now this next movie, very similar in like concept, very similar in overall themes, but a complete 180 execution. That, of course, is Captain America Civil War. Uh, Marvel gave us. I don't like you for saying that. Why? This movie is not similar. The only thing that's similar is that the, the two top heroes are fighting each other. There's no, the themes aren't the same. They're not fighting for the same reasons at all. Batman and Superman are fighting because Superman or Batman's fucking paranoid. Well, and you Superman, have the paranoid. Superman is a fucking ba- a baby that says in the movie, nothing in this world ever turns good. Every, no, everything in this world turns bad or some, something along those lines. Nothing stays good. Superman yes. says that, which is an unbelievable <laughs> quote coming from Superman, who is supposed to be this beacon of hope. And he doesn't say much in the movie, to be no. honest. No. <laughs> and Captain, Captain America and Iron Man are fighting because of, first off, ideological reasons, and then second, because of broken trust and friendship. Yeah, it's way more personal. It's way more earned. I mean, the only, I guess, loose comparison is, you know, on the one hand, they're afraid of aliens. And over here, you're threatened by powered people and, you know, trying to ring okay, it. Okay, but that's that. it in terms of just, you know, fighting each other. But, boy, uh, Bilotti, uh, what did you think of when you saw Civil War? And how excited oh. were you when when you got to see it? I was, I was um, so hyped up to see that movie from the first trailer. And I said, wow, this is like a payoff from all the Marvel movies that have come out before it. So I was blown away when I saw it. The Spider-Man scenes were fantastic. The comedy was fantastic. Some of the um, the motivations for Tony Stark, I think, was a, could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Like, it should have been a, l- a little bit more. And I think that the scene, or well, the straw that broke the camel's back was the um, explosion in Africa, right? That was what set the whole story up. Yeah, see, I, both movies have an explosion in Africa that sets the shit up. Like, there's weird yeah. similarities. That I wish I wish that followed the comic more. I wish that actually took place in Connecticut or just someplace in the United States. Well, but States. in the comic book, you needed like a whole like it was a t it was the New Mutants, you need, and then they just yeah. blew everything up because they didn't know their powers. I see yeah. what you're saying. It was an international incident. Yeah, but that, well, I mean, I mean, like, like you know, that I'm willing, you know, I, I forgave all that stuff, and I I really enjoyed it because you were like like you guys just said you were invested in the characters, so you actually gave a shit. I mean that also. That's how we get the Wakandans and Black Panther involved, you know. Oh, and don't, oh my God, how did I forget him? He was like the best part for me. He was like the best part of the movie. His character was unlike anything I've seen in a Marvel film so far. I mean, what a balance for the, the fact that they had how many people were in here? Eleven, twelve fucking heroes. Wow, what a great introduction uh, to two new heroes being Spider Man, Black Panther, and then just the fucking battle scene uh, in the airport. Uh, possibly one of the most, the best superhero battle scenes I've ever seen. Just so much fun. Anthony, I know you love this movie. What else you got? I mean, I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I think at one time I rated this the best superhero movie ever. I backed off of that a little bit. Yeah. But 
It's up there. I will. I'll give it one criticism. If you, if I had to criticize it, it would be uh, if you think about uh, Baron Zemo's plan coming coming toward together towards the end. It was kind of implausible. For very, sure. very contrived. No, that's very a contrived, contrived plan. Because very contrived. Yes. to expect that Iron Man and Captain America would have shown up because there. all these things have to happen, and the odds of all those fucking things happening is just uh, nuts. But but at the end of the day, that's not really that. That plot point is just a plot point to get them together. It's yeah. not really the main focus. It's to get them together and then to show. And I thought to officially break their friendship. Yeah, and he doesn't, and it doesn't diminish how effective this villain is, who is still alive. He's not dead, and he's just a person. And he broke apart the Avengers from the inside with words, with with manipulation. Like that is it's, it's so powerful and it's so cool. There's an article on I agree on Birth Movies Death about this. This movie being uh, related to what's happening now, ah. it's, uh, it's something like I think you guys should check out. It's like Civil War and like tr- like how it relates to Trump's president's rise as a president. Whoa, that's interesting. Ooh. Whereas, like, if you, you a nation falls apart, yeah, if you if uh, if you start this internal strife, yeah, so like how the Democrats and Republicans have oh, been shit. getting after each other really hard, yeah, and uh, who picks up the pieces and steps in, you know. And like, and uh, the the idea of fucking he's Baron Zemo, he's fucking Zemo. Trump no, is. he's well, he's I don't know what I don't I don't remember what the exact analogy was, but it was like by the end of Civil War, Hawkeye is in jail because yeah. of things he would normally do, yeah. and it's sort of analogous to if what Trump wanted Muslims being on a list just because yeah. they're Muslim, yeah, just because you are afraid of one hero doesn't mean. They're all bad. Afraid of all of them. They're not all criminals. Wow. Wow. I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. That is really cool. I think Trump actually was played up to be more of like an Iron Man or like even like, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. General Ross. Sure. Sure. So it was interesting. I mean, any movie you can, you can, uh, you can take a lot of movies and relate them to now or any time if you, if you twist things around enough. That is true. But art, you know, art reflects life, reflects art goes back and forth right uh yeah i mean an unbelievable entry into the mcu and look it gave me spider-man that was awesome Uh, gave you spider-man yeah and again also very rewatchable like uh it's so it's just started streaming on netflix i rewatched it on on christmas yes so this is the first of their deal like all the mcu movies are gonna go to the theater and then they're gonna go to dvd and then they're gonna go right to netflix so Better get your Netflix subscription paid up, people. Uh, all right, moving on. Also in May, we got an X-Men movie. Um, unfortunately, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, directed by Brian Singer, kind of uh, taking us back to the young group of X-Men, continuing this reboot after Days of Future's Past. And, well, a very forgettable movie overall. Right, what would you think of this one? You know, I actually, when we had to do this list, I was, I had to Google what movies came out this like, year. Oh, and I went, oh shit, oh, that shit, came out this year. Right. That's funny. I was like, son that, of a bitch. That describes the movie perfectly, I must say. I gave it, I gave it like a B. It was just kind of B, flat. Man. And yeah. Ooh, wow, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what? High grade. B is. Yeah. Good. Well, you'll, you'll see the other movie. When I, when I read you my list, you'll be like, oh, oh okay. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Look, we had potential. They had potential of these new kids, the new, and they, they didn't show us any of them. Like they didn't have people interacting. 
Uh, it, I, it's just a mess. The whole last half of the movie, uh, fucking Xavier is lying on a rock, uh, and there's just shit floating around for no reason. Uh, it was too much. What it, was, it was, they tried to cram, they crammed too much into it and apocalypse just looked like Ivan Ooze from power Rangers. Anthony, where did this movie go wrong? Well, yeah, Ivan Ooze for, I mean, first off, Ivan Ooze, <laughs> he is just not menacing at all. Wow. Um, where did it go wrong? I, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is sleepwalking through this movie. She does not um, want to be there. You could no, you could tell she does not want to be there. I mean, there's, they get a lot of canon stuff wrong. And uh, to be honest, this is probably one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my life yeah. in terms yeah. of uh, a superhero film. I, yeah. I, I, I pretty sure I fell asleep during the movie <laughs> or, and if, if I didn't, I was close to it. And I mean, I, I like bloody. I can't, I didn't even think of this movie when we were thinking well, about this. Definitely the gets the award for most forgettable superhero movie of 2016. Congratulations, X Men Apocalypse! Yeah, the, I mean, if you look at the money it made, it didn't barely made any. Yeah, it didn't make a ton of money compared to these other films. And I mean, nope. no one's no, they're like literally no one. At least like Batman v Superman, people are talking about. Yes, it. Like that's they were why, angry. Yes. Like yes. they elicited an emotion, and he said this on the review. But yeah. this movie doesn't elicit any emotion. It's just nope. like, well. It's that literally, happened, huh? it's all of them. It's from Brian Singer to J-Law just going through the motions because I guess they had to make another X-Men movie because they well, said the it, it had Dude. so much potential. I mean, Apocalypse is, is the guy that everyone yeah. wants to see in X-Men. I love and- the new characters. I love the younger versions of these. I, the movie should have just been about them and uh, a smaller scale and it, and it probably would have been a little bit better. Like, I don't know. You know, it... What it, it just struck me like that movie. Now that I'm remembering all the opinions I had of it, they tried to compete with the Marvel movies, and yeah. they just kind of fell flat in their ass. And then they gave you Phoenix like right away. It's like whoa, like you don't do that. It's yeah. too soon for no. Phoenix. This, this movie, this movie ends with everyone in their bright, colorful suits, like as if they're embracing it now. And but it doesn't make any sense. Like this is like this is well, like it doesn't he, make any sense because this movie occurs in the '80s. Yeah. Yet Jennifer Lawrence doesn't look a day over. Uh, you know, 25 when in the first uh, first class, this, yeah. that movie occurred in the 60s. Yeah, a lot of these people should be way, way older. older, way older. Like this is like the middle of the knot, which is the X-Men movies um, timeline. Like it's just a knot right now. Someone needs to kill it, restart it, untie it, something. I'm looking at you, Deadpool and New Mutants and X-Force. I don't know. They still want to go make uh, X-Men movies without Brian Singer. Wolverine's done. What do you do now? Give it I, back to Marvel. They should just give it back to Marvel. I mean, but, but before Fantastic Four, give that fucking back to Marvel. That, that thing's a piece of shit you can't do anything with. They, they need to do something. Like, they yeah. really, they, what are they going to do? Like, this like almost kills this franchise again, this fucking movie. They've been making X-Men movies for, like, what, 16 years now? Yep. Like, it's, yeah. it's enough. Like, you made your money. You ran out of ideas. Just give it back. You need a hard, no, that's a good point. They made their money, all if right. they didn't have Deadpool be the hit that it was, they would be fucking scrambling. They'd be done. This is, they need a hard pivot to save this shit. De- Deadpool is what they're, they're going to ride Deadpool. And, and if Logan does well, they're going to say, Hey, uh, fucking Hugh Jackman, come back, dude. I mean, the problem is they can't just survive on R rated movies or could they, could they just make every, just make R rated superhero I mean, movies? If they could, so they could, if they low, they keep the budget at 50, 60 million and they make and Deadpool money. If people pull what Hugh Jackman did and take a pay cut, to keep it R-rated, but nobody's going to fucking do that, and I'm surprised Jackman did that, and he's awesome for doing that. Bloody, did yeah. you hear that? He took a fucking pay cut to ensure a rated R-rating and leave the studio's fears of, a, of an R-rating. Fucking Jack- I think I heard about that. Who, I mean, That's amazing. Who does that? Know, yeah, he's made, again, it's like these celebrities, they make so much freaking money, 
And honestly, like all the highest paid celebrities, like nine out of 10 of them could do the same thing, but they don't because they want to guarantee their $20 million payday, whatever. So good for him. That's why he's awesome. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is awesome. He's an awesome human being and he's an awesome actor and he's a fantastic Wolverine. I cannot so wait for, for Logan. It looks fucking uh, just dark and awesome. I'm like a, it does. A, an adult it Wolverine movie, you know? It looks like like the Mad Max Fury Road yeah. of like, like the X-Men movies. With the X-Men. It's fucking badass. All right. So after Apocalypse in May, we get DC Warner Brothers' second shot at bat for the year. Their third movie in what they're trying to fucking launch, which has not been launched yet. Of course, I'm talking about the Suicide Squad. Uh, squad. With your, squad. With your yeah. fucking annoying uh, marketing campaign that now that I think about the marketing campaign, it got a little much by the end of it. Uh, remember, this shit was everywhere. It was fucking everywhere. Uh, hey, they made a lady made some. I mean, I'll give them credit. They made some. They made do some serious money. They made all. They made uh seven hundred million dollars. Uh, they made big bucks uh, for a lot less budget than BVS, which I think it made this clearly more profitable, more successful. Directed by David Ayers, you had your Margot Robbie's, your Will Smiths. Look, this movie was uh, it for me. It was a baby step in the right direction for what they were doing. I actually enjoyed it. I had fun. I actually had fun at a DC Warner Brothers superhero movie. So I think that was a win. Now it's still a big fucking mess in terms of editing and putting, at least it was a cohesive storyline. Uh, Bilotti, what were your thoughts when you saw Suicide Squad? I enjoyed it a lot more than Batman Superman and the directing was a lot better. The acting was much better. They seems like they blew the music budget. Like in the first 10 minutes Ugh. of the movie, like, the whole soundtrack was blown in like the first half, not even the first half, like the first 10 minutes, literally. That Not only did the movie make a lot of money, the fucking soundtrack was number one for a long time. Yeah, and Rick I, Ross Skrillex song still gets played at the EDM shows. Let oh, me tell shit. You. It's in a staple. Uh, purple, purple Lamborghini. Purple, purple Lamborghini. Yeah, it's, no. it's a staple now, huh? And the rest of it is just like pop music. I really did not like the soundtrack. It seemed very forced. Um, yeah. But... It appealed to the masses, and the masses is what flocked to this movie. Because you got your Will Smith, your Margot Robbie, your fucking popular music. Um, Anthony, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I I like this movie more than I liked Batman versus Superman, although that didn't set the bar very high. Um, I agree with you guys. The, the movie is rewatchable. There are some good performances. I liked Margot Robbie. I liked Will Smith. I liked uh, Viola. Viola Davis. Davis yeah. as Manda Waller. Waller. There's some fun stuff going on in here. I, the, the the writing for this movie though is absolutely fucking terrible there's no reason that they should be fighting a fucking model doing a voiceover dancing like a zombie <laughs> in Bollywood I don't know what the fuck that was yeah so that the script was bad and the editing was even worse this movie you can tell has just been hacked yeah it suffered it's from studio uh, interference you can tell that they they were literally like make this like guardians yeah. just make it like guardians let's yeah. put as much uh, pop culture songs in this. Let's just make this Guardians. Make it as much as you can make it like Again, Guardians. Again, like they, DC thinks yeah, just agree. because they 100%. throw in the same ingredients, the recipe will come out the same. And that's just not the It's not that simple. It, and, and David Ayer is not that kind of director. No, He's and, like a uh, serious guy, but, like serious director. But so I, and we said this on a, a previous show, uh, you know, that we saw a part of Ayer's movie. Like, uh, there's parts of that that he did not edit that they actually did after him. You know, we heard stories that maybe a dozen different cuts of this fucking movie. Uh, I haven't seen the extended cut of this one still. I may check it out. Uh, it's fun to watch. Like, the beginning of it is still fun. The end is just fucking annoying. But 
it's a, at least it's fun. You know, at least it's, it's entertaining. That's yeah. what, you know, when we walked away from it, we said like, okay, it was predictable and the story made no sense, but it was entertaining. It's one of those movies where the performances kind of carry yeah, everything absolutely. else because it, everything just kind of sucked. And yeah. And the, the editing was horrendous. Worse than Batman Superman. Yeah. Worse. Definitely. Worse definitely yeah. worse than Batman v Superman. Uh, and then, so and, yeah. I was going to say everything Killer Croc said. I mean, I don't even know what the hell he said half the time because he was just mumbling. Well, he should have been subtitled, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, he should have been subtitled. Probably like an interpreter or something. Uh, and so, look, we have to look forward to uh, Gotham City Sirens, possibly with Margot Robbie as Harley yeah. Quinn and a Catwoman yeah. Poison Ivy, uh, possible Deadshot spinoff and a Suicide Squad 2. Bloody, what do you think of the, the idea to do the, these spinoffs all of a sudden? Like the, the, the Sirens? Yes. I don't know, man. That's just... It just seems wrong and icky. I don't know. It just seems. I, I they still don't know what they're doing. I mean, no, that's exactly, a movie you do. Exactly. I mean, we still don't have a Black Widow movie, but yet they want to push out these sirens. It's just so they could like one up Marvel and say, "Hey, you know what? We have all like we have Wonder Woman, and we have another girl movie with four girls or three girls, whatever they have going to have." Look, the one movie. thing that they will you got to give them credit for getting to first. Is a solo female-led superhero movie. They're gonna beat Marvel to the punch, and if this is their thing that that brings them more credibility and acclaim, then you're gonna see a lot more of Harley Quinn and these girls. Like that's the one thing Marvel has yet to do, and they're, and they're getting beat by I'll Wonder give, Woman. I'll give them credit for that, but they have to make these good films, or else yes. it just becomes Catwoman. Do you remember Ugh, Catwoman? Yes, no. Halle Berry. Yeah, not. Good. But, uh, uh, you Who know, forget? there's no, I wish, motherfucker, Warner Brothers, sit down with a piece of paper, a calendar, and it's called an outline. Look it up. Make one. Just fucking come up with a plan You and kind of stick to it despite what assholes say on the internet. Because clearly, you don't have a plan. You got nothing to stick to. You're like, you're just throwing everything at the wall. Ah, it's aggravating sometimes. When you could see how well it can be done step by step, they don't want to take the time or the, the, the money to do it uh, the right way, and they're just fucking, this is never going to get launched. It's going to be like six movies in before they figure it out. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't even think the Sirens was part of their plan. Or no, Death of course Shot. not. No, none of this was. There's no way. It's a way. big cash grab. Yes. It's a big cash grab. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the final of the main movies in 2016. In November, we got possibly one of the hardest conceptual characters to adapt to the big screen, and Marvel, of course, fucking nails it with Doctor Strange. Uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch and Tilda Swinton and Scott Derrickson directing. Uh, who wants to start with this one? I've started all of them. I have a big mouth. Anthony. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. We saw it together. We did. We did. Because the first time I saw it, I fell, fell asleep. asleep. <laughs> Not because I was bored, but more because I just was fucking Listen, the jock party hards and he works hard and he parties yeah, hard. Yeah, I burn the wick at both ends. That's right. But uh, I remember I used to do that. I missed my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange was a very solid movie. I don't. I don't really have much to say because we reviewed this so quick or so uh, recently. So yeah. Recently, yeah. But I mean, very solid film. Fun character performances. Uh, cool uh, CGI. Um, it, was, it was. You know. It was, it was different. It was a lot of the same in terms of origin stuff, but a lot of different like twists, like the mirror world and and the ending and how they how it's just uh, a rewind. It was creative in that sense. So a uh, solid, very solid film. It was a magic version of Iron Man, and for that, I loved it. Yes, it had formulaic issues, but it gave us, it opened up a whole new realm that needed to be opened up, uh, and uh, just fucking magic. Bloody. What'd you think? Yes. I'm here. Hi. Hi. Um, 
Hi, guys. Uh, I like, uh, well, uh, yeah, you'll see where Doctor Strange ranks in my list. And it's actually pretty good. Uh, it's solid. They played it safe. It was a solid movie, solid story. It reminded me a lot of a, of like an old Kung Fu movie. Nice. But um, the payoff is better in a Kung Fu movie. I felt like they rushed a little bit to get to Doctor Strange. And there was a lot of like, how come you're in this hospital? Like there yeah. wasn't enough of like, how come you're in this hospital with this crazy outfit and what's going on? Like right. there was just Everyone no just accepted sense everything. of disbelief. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just this yeah. weird acceptance. But I guess in a post Avengers world, you probably would. People have seen all sorts um, of crazy shit already in this, in this universe. Yeah. You know? Well, I think what hurts that though is that they didn't ever told us a sense of time of when this is happening. Yeah. That was the weird yeah, thing is they really right. messed with the MCU thing where everything happens in real time, one after another. Now, you know, looking back, there was clues that like, he may have been in uh, that place for a year. What was it called? Uh, Khmer, Khmer Rouge? No, that's the fucking militia. Uh, I forgot what it's called. But he was training Khmer Rouge. Uh, he's like training for a year and it ends when blah, blah, blah. What else is interesting in terms of not following MCU uh, timeline is uh, James Gunn has said that Marvel has let him and his Guardians of the Galaxy movies not adhere to this as well. So... Meaning Guardians of the Galaxy 2, instead of starting like now, years later, like I think it picks up a few months after the first movie. And since they're in space, eh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's not going to mess with anything. I will say, I'm actually thinking about it again. It's all coming back to me. I did like when when he becomes Doctor Strange. That's when I really started liking the movie. Because I was honestly, I saw it after work, so I was a little tired. Yeah. So I was kind of like in and out of the movie. And when he suits up and he does his Doctor Strange thing, I was like, okay, this is cool. I can get behind it. So I like, I like that whole aspect of it. And and when they had the after credit scene with Thor, that oh, made that me great. excited. So yeah, yeah, I just want to see him interact with the other heroes at this point. Now that they like got to the good stuff already with him, I'll agree with that. I think that was part of the reason the movie at first not bored me, but it was like you know origin stuff, and we're you know we we've seen this. When he gets to Doctor yeah. Strange, it definitely does ramp up. And and I and yeah. I'm very excited to now see him interact. Yeah, I mean, you had to go through this, and the fir- I mean, I've always said too, the first movies of these superhero movies, if they're origins, unfortunately, you got to get through it. I'm always excited when it's done, and we can get to the second one, and you could just hit the ground running. You don't need to explain shit anymore. And they already like in the post credit scene, they already started that with the Thor scene, and that was directed by Taika Waititi, who's doing Thor Ragnarok, and it was definitely a different, goofy tone. Uh, so I can't wait to see them interact more. The fucking trippy visuals, the Inception style thing was just so fucking good. The visualization of the magic, solid. You understand it. You get it, how it works. Uh, lots of Easter eggs for Doctor Strange fans. Again, Marvel's, they gave us the 13th and 14th movie this year. They have yet to make a bad movie, people. They have yet to make a fucking bomb. They've all been solid for the most part. That's true. That's true. They have... I'm not crazy about the Thor films, yeah, right? but they're still they're still solid. It's I still think Kenneth they, Branagh doing fucking Thor. Yeah, you know? and they're still like really cool visuals, yeah. but they have yet to they have yet to make a clunker, right? Like what they, an they amazing track have, record. They definitely have yet to make a complete clunker. They've I keep yeah. going back to like Rotten Tomatoes, but and it, it is critics, but yeah. they don't have a movie under sixty percent. And you they know, may every not. Every movie's been you know, certified fresh. Next year. Could it be the one where they make a clunker? Is we got Guardians of the Galaxy two, Spider Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok, and I don't think uh, any of those are gonna be clunkers. I think Spider Man, out of all of them, will be the big everyone will be all eyes on that one for this uh, partnership and this deal, and see how it works out. But I doubt any of those will be clunkers. Like just look, no. look at the, the look you at know the why? It, yeah, they're gonna give you what you want with Spider Man. 
That's what's good. I mean, you're going to get everything you wanted to see in a Spider-Man. Who is you, though? Which you is this? Is it me? I don't know if it's me. But. Oh, what I'm saying, they're going to give you. Oh, I don't know. I guess. Well, not you and me, because we both have unrealistic expectations when it comes to Spider-Man. That's what I'm saying, but I think I'm going to enjoy it. No, I think Imran will enjoy it. Baladi, I think you will probably enjoy it, although you'll have your criticisms. And I can already tell you that Rug Boy will not Rug like it. Boy. He's yeah. going to be like... Lame. Yeah, he's not going <laughs> to... Yeah. He hates everything. He hates himself. He does. He does Who cares? Him. A jock said that. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so look. Here's the big six. Like, by the way, we got two Marvel movies this year. They're giving us three next year. We can expect three in successive years until this fucking bubble bursts, which is going to be close in the next two years. You'll see. Now, out of these six... Before, there's a couple of stragglers that we can talk about, discuss. They're kind of fun. But out of these six, let's do the ranking. Ready? It's time for the ranking. And I'm just going to do this. Uh, Here's the rundown. In honor of Rugs, even though he's not here. Let's all start with our number six ranked movie out of these. Uh, Anthony, why don't you go first? I'm going to surprise you guys. Okay. My sixth ranked movie is X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, snap. Oh, shit. You know what? Because yeah. if you fucking forget that that movie even happened, then you definitely did not even resonate with me. So I have to give you the last. That slot. is a very good reason. And I struggled with these last two slots. They flipped back and forth for me. Number six, I had that originally, but I replaced it with Batman versus Superman. Okay. Largely because of the huge disappointment that this movie was. The hype, the potential, three iconic characters that, that everyone knows on screen for the first time, and you blew it! Yeah, true. Expectations. I can. I, I see your point. Bilotti, you, number Bilotti? six. Same thing. Batman, Superman. For all the, all the same reasons, and just the sense of, like, I needed to take a shower after I saw that movie because it was so dirty and icky. And gross. <laughs> Does that make sense? Say what you will you know? about Zack Snyder. He, he can make you angry. Tell he's us a, how you really feel, though. He's a guy. Like, t- <laughs> talk about a guy that could get your blood boiling. That is the Zack Snyders. Uh, if there was anybody that just doesn't understand the source material, it's that fucking guy. I mean, Jesus Christ. And then you're like, they give him all this money and all these resources, and the guy doesn't get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Number five, Anthony. Batman versus Superman for yeah. the reasons you guys have it at number six. I just I have it a notch above. X-Men and the Apocalypse. reason you had X-Men Apocalypse at number six is why I also I want to it. reiterate, if you yeah. like Batman versus Superman, you probably like <laughs> feast in like dog feces. Like you just, you just love <laughs> crap, dude. You like to roll around in a carcass of a like, deer like, like my dog. You are literally on a fucking barge scavenging for trash. Like that's how that's <laughs> Well, that means Rugboy should have liked this movie and he didn't like yeah. it either. No. <laughs> so my number five, for the same reasons that it's your number six, is X-Men Apocalypse. Completely forgettable. Bilotti, you're number five. Suicide Squad. Really? Wow, okay. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, shit. That's surprising. Okay. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, Why so low? Why so low? God, I guess for all the reasons I said earlier, it just, it didn't make any sense the story and the performances were good, but not enough to like bump it up on my list. All right. Fair enough. It it didn't save the movie from going higher. And when you see my next one, I'll explain to you why it beat out Suicide Squad. So. Okay. uh, What are we at? Number four, three. I lost four. 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 Anthony, go. This was tough. 
I'm going to have to go with Suicide Squad. I was yeah. debating between this and another film, which I will reveal next. But okay. this movie was not as well edited and wasn't as funny. Yeah, no. Uh, my number four is also yeah. Suicide Squad. I think it 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 fits there perfectly for me. I did feel that the performances did edge this movie up a little bit for me. They did kind of save the chemistry that these people had on screen. I wanted to see more of. That was some of the best parts of the movie. Of course, it's always when they're just hanging out at a bar. The heroes. You just want to see a whole movie of that. But or villains, actually. I mean, villains. Whatever. <laughs> Anti-heroes. Uh, but that's my number four is Suicide Squad. Bolotti, number four for you. My number four is X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. You okay. didn't even remember it was a thing, though, earlier. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Why does this edge out Suicide Squad? Because Brian Singer is a better director than David Ayer. So as much as I didn't enjoy X-Men Apocalypse, it was still a more solid film. And it had um, that really great action sequence with Quicksilver when he, when he shows up eating the hot dog yeah, and he saves yeah. everyone from the burning. So there was that scene and... The scene where Magneto kills everybody in the woods—that that was a fantastic fast. That's a very good scene. Yeah, there was there were some really good scenes in it that sort of elevated it. And like I said, it was just a, it was more solid and structured. It was better. I'm uh, I'm, I'm talk. I can't even fucking talk straight. <laughs> it was structured better than Suicide Squad. Easier to follow, more coherent, and I liked all the actors much more than I did in Suicide Squad. I, so that's why I, I see out. your points. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's singer. It was a little bit of tired directing by singer. I just felt like he was done, like out of ideas. Now that fastbender scene almost belongs in a whole nother movie. It's so fucking good. And, Oh, and the other scene where, um, Xavier is locked into Cerebro and apocalypse turns around and says like, Oh, thank you. You've opened up the whole world to me. Like that whole sequence was fantastic too. I thought that was really creative. It had a lot of potential as fucking movie, but uh, but he, shot, he blew a- his load on he blew his load on Days of Future Past. I think that's yeah. what happened. I think that's, that, I definitely yeah. think he he Days of Future Past was his movie that he should have just left. Yeah, and yeah. I think he was kind of who knows what the behind the scenes were, but it felt like he was kind of just roped into doing another one, and he was tired. Yeah, he's like, oh boy. Yeah. Well, we do know the studio is going to move on without him and his blessing. And yeah, for me, like the second X Men movie, Days of Future Past. It's probably his best two fucking X-Men movies. Uh, Number three, Anthony. Deadpool. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Wow. I'm going to go Deadpool number three because as I stated when we first talked, I didn't think this film was all that good. Yeah. But when I had it, I was debating between this and Suicide Squad. It's funnier. It um, has the benefit of kind of being a pioneer sort of movie in terms of a superhero genre. And it's going to, I mean, people are going to remember Deadpool forever i don't know if suicide squad is going to have that lasting effect okay good reasons my number three is dr strange okay i'll put it at the three just because uh out of what we got left you know it was it was later in the game it is a formulaic movie but it's uh it's just a really well structured well the fact that they could pull this off and it not be a mess uh is a win uh, but yeah, solid uh, third out of six for me. Uh, Bilotti, number three. Doctor Strange, same right, thing. Right. Same thing. It's, it's it's in the middle of not only my list, but also in the whole Marvel MCU yes, cat- yes. Uh, catalog as a whole. Absolutely. And the movie, yeah, it could have gone either way. It could have gone really bad or really, really amazing. And uh, for me, they got it right in the middle. 
So that's basically why it's in the middle of my list. Anthony, I think I know what your number two is then. Why don't you tell us? Number two is Doctor Strange. I'll just say that I have it at number two, but it's not even close to the number one. So it's at it's like wait, like if there's I had a huge to rank gap, on, yes, yeah, there's a huge gap between this one and the number one that I have, which you guys already infer is it's Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, I'll just reveal that now because yeah, we'll just do the final. You're just a moron if you yeah, can't if you can. Wait a minute, let me see. <laughs> wait, your six was, and then you take that one away, carry the yeah. one. Oh wait, what's your number one? Yeah, okay. So I'll say I'll rank. I ranked Doctor Strange over Deadpool because I just think Doctor Strange is. Just a, a, a better film in terms of the actual story. Deadpool's story isn't. If you look at like what the actual story is, to me, it's not that interesting. It's just right. a guy, sure, trying to fuck his girl and get revenge. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Strange is more of that origin story of uh, it, it's character evolution. Whereas Deadpool, I, I think he's the same guy throughout the entire film. Okay, fair enough. My number two then is uh, we'll just do our two and one because, like you said, it's uh, yeah. uh, easy elimination. I put Deadpool at number two. But kind of for those same reasons is that I enjoyed that it was kind of it was a character tale more than a plot driven thing. It was definitely I enjoy character driven pieces. What a great character. Good small scale movie. Uh, lovely the way it just brushes into the larger Fox X-Men universe. I want to see more Colossus uh, and uh, just a fucking I was glad to have an R rated adult comedy be a superhero movie. Bellotti, I think you're number two. It's probably the same. Pretty much. But I, you know, the story, yeah, it's not as good as some of the other ones, but it's simple. And yeah, he is kind of the same guy before and after, but you know, he's like, he's a dick before and he's a dick afterwards. And <laughs> he's Dr. Funny. Strange was, yeah, it's funny. And Dr. Strange was here. Right, he was a dick before, then he becomes, I guess less of a dick. He's still a but, dick though, you know. Still a little dick, yeah. but not as dickish. But Deadpool was just like more of a dick with swords. Yeah, because he's Ooh, uh he's like that's a weird uh, dick. But it's a dick that's sword a, dick. It's a sharp <laughs> dick. Yeah. So obviously all of our number ones and across the board of you peruse these ranking of articles, uh you can't deny Captain America Civil War, one of the most entertaining, amazing things to come out this year, and a great moment in Marvel history, a great culmination of you know, watching these movies, um, it's, I don't know what else to say about it, but it deserves no, to be wh- number one. Well, well, my number one was Max Steel. It wasn't. Oh, good. That, that's interesting. You bring up the Max Steel. <laughs> Let's carry on into the other stragglers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was Civil War. Come on. <laughs> nuts. Max Steel. So, uh, anything, anything, anything else on, uh, number one, Captain America Civil War? I mean, we all, we've, we, I mean, we've, we've loved well this movie and, yes. and, and fucked it all sorts of ways because we love it so much. So I mean, can they top this with the you know the next Avengers movie? I think that's the real uh, competition for this movie. Uh, we'll see. Now, there were some other superhero comic booky movies that came out this year that uh, honorable mentions. Bellotti just mentioned one, Max Steel, which was horrendous. Uh, if you've never <laughs> heard of this movie, don't worry about it. It's based on a toy, and apparently, it was horrible. So. Uh, also, there was a second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Out of the Shadows. Oh, I forgot about that garbage. I actually watched this one. I've never seen the first one. You liked it, didn't you? It was it was fun. And it was completely oh, ridiculous. Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, I wasn't expecting. Right, we're done. Was- we're done. We're wrapping up. 
I, I don't even need to. Like, I don't need to have seen the film to know that no. your opinion sucks on this. I, look, I, I, what are you? What are you <laughs> expecting? Like, there's a black guy with a purple mohawk and purple glasses. Like, and then he becomes uh, Bebop or Rocksteady. Bebop, like, yeah. it's so. It is the cartoon. I enjoyed it because it really was the cartoon come to life. Uh, and if you grew up watching it, like they had the fucking van, but they look weird. And uh, some of the the, the dialogue, uh, the, the the chemistry was kind of fun. Whatever. Turtles. Uh, also, let's not forget, this is a movie we reviewed, the animated Batman, The Killing Joke. Remember that one, guys? That, oh, yeah. that movie is the type of movie that makes me just sad. Yeah, sad that, 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 and that, sad that, sad that that was the way they made it. That was a very disturbing, I never saw it. oh, don't, do you ever saw it? I know. I think no, I think never. it's actually worth a watch just because it, it's such an iconic storyline. Yeah. And the way they handled it is just it's it's almost like I got to see this. Like I got to see what what they did. Bellotti, you know, you've heard about what they added and what they did, right? Yeah, I heard there's like 45 minutes of Batgirl yeah. and she sleeps with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. And, he, and, he, and he is just the most uh non-caring son of a bitch ever. <laughs> He's so mean to her. He's so and it's mean completely to her. unnecessary. And then even the adaptation part just kind of falls flat. They, you know, using Mark Hamill, I think was a mistake. Like you can't, it, it totally makes it less serious than See, what this is supposed to be. I, I, I even think the adaptation was never, I don't think it ever should have made it to film. No, no it didn't. Just it, because in my opinion, and it's not because of Mark Hamill, although I understood your points during the show, but it's more the fact that, that storyline is just a really fucking mean storyline. It's a, it's a, it's just a brutal storyline. There's nothing really redeemable about it at the end. Yeah, you know, and sometimes yeah. as, you know, as crazy as Alan Moore is, sometimes I agree with him because he said things like, look, I wrote this as a comic book. This was never intended to be adapted. Like there are specific things you do when you're writing a graphic novel and I agree. I don't think I, I see what they were. It made them a lot of money. They had the Fathom event for a day. They made a couple million. Uh, and that's probably going to continue, but it did not need to be adapted. In fact, it kind of ruins the fucking book. Uh, we also had that the 60s one, Cape Crusaders, which I haven't seen, but a lot of people liked. And uh, apparently it's a lot of fun because it's just a fucking wacky, campy romp in 66 Batman world. I haven't seen it. Haven't seen yeah, it. me neither. I haven't seen it. And then this last one that I really want to see, I don't know if it ever came out. We talked about it a, like a year ago. It was this Russian superhero movie called Guardians. And the trailers made it look insane. There was like a guy with two huge sickle swords, this Russian dude who turns into a bear and has a machine gun, this girl who like has like water body. Uh, it looks fucking badass. Uh, I'm going to have to try to get my hands on uh, Guardians because it had a lot of buzz when these trailers were coming out. You're like, look at this fucking crazy movie. Yeah, it looked weird. I didn't see it. I'd never seen it either, though. Yeah. You didn't see any of the trailers, uh, John? Yeah, I saw the trailers, and it looked pretty, like, insane. Right? But I didn't... I, did it come out? I, did it come It was supposed go? to come out this year, and I haven't heard anything about it since then, but I'll find it. I'll find it through my nefarious means where I find things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... This next year, we got a lot more movies. If you listen back a couple episodes, I read off the list of what's coming in 2017. It's a lot of shit. So, but some, some of the best entries we've had so far and some of the fucking craziest, most disappointing entries all this year. So good year for superhero movies. That's movie making, I guess, right? That yeah, is. Okay. You guys, I wanted to uh, throw in a little recommendation segment uh, in this show. Turn the listener on to stuff. It doesn't, it could be anything. 
It could be a way of life. It could be a philosophy or it could just be a movie or a podcast or a TV show. Anthony, you want to start us off? Yeah, you know what? I'll prep you guys if you guys are going to listen to our next episode. Oh, let me give or you maybe this. Maybe the then. next one after. There you go. In the near future, we will be reviewing the Japanese version of the new Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla! Also known as Godzilla Resurgence here in America, although I really haven't heard it called that. Nobody so calls I don't it know that. Why it, yeah, it's called yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen any of the Godzilla films or you like Godzilla and want to look at uh, funny shit on YouTube, Cinemassacre's Godzilla-thon series on YouTube. He does, I think, all the movies except Final Wars. No, he does Final he, Wars. Does that, he? Was that 2003? No. Is that the, the last one? It was the last one. I don't he, think he does Final Wars. I don't remember. So, anyways, it doesn't matter. The link does, is right he, there if you click it. We can tell is, you it is it under right? him? Yeah. So, here's the playlist. I'll put a link to the playlist in the show notes, jockadur.com slash 146 listener and it's a series of 20 oh 27 is missing yeah. 28 videos ending with godzilla tokyo sos in 2000 yeah, he, so he doesn't do final wars oh final I wars is right. after that yeah but anyways it's basically like two to three maybe at most four minute recaps of each film but it's it's done in this like goofy way where he recaps the film but then talks shit about the film when it sucks and it's like, it's like the guy's a complete stoner that's talking about it, but he just loves Godzilla. It's it's actually done really well, and it's really watchable. And if you guys haven't seen Godzilla, or you want to have a, a few laughs, watch the Cinemassacre Godzilla thon. So series. I'm glad you recommended. I this recommended to me. this to Imran actually. Yeah. So in I prep. Yes, oh, in prep. Cool. So I watched Shin Godzilla first, and then I've watched all these videos. That guy is hilarious, and many times he's like. I could talk about this shit for hours. He's like, check this shit out. Look at this. And uh, he breaks down all the movies. And it's really cool because you get a great snapshot of the different reboots and, and eras of Godzilla. as the, oh, when, these when, he's, when he's reviewing like like the real campy shit, like yes. Smog Monster, he's yes. all like, look at this shit. This shit's crazy. The 70s were <laughs> fucked up. By the way, I got to watch that movie after that watching his Cinemassacre. Like, have you, have you heard a- this about this, uh, Bilotti? Cinemassacre's Godzilla-thon? No, I'm not really familiar with Godzilla. Tell me more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you know something? Uh, no, I I think I heard a little bit, but I never actually saw it. But thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, I, it's I think great you'll enjoy cliff it. notes. Yeah, it's great cliff notes. It really got me a good feeling for the history, like throughout the movies, how he's changed, how many times they kept making a movie that was a sequel to the very first movie over and over again in the 90s yeah. and in the 2000s. And, how, uh, and I was hoping he did Shin Godzilla, but it doesn't look like he's done that one yet. Uh, but yeah, great, great job by Cinemassacre Extras. Bilotti, what do you got to recommend? Uh, I just read this Mark, the Mark Millar Wolverine trade paperback. Oh, did you guys, I had no idea that Mark Millar did part of the Wolverine comics aside from old man Logan. So this, uh, it's a friend of mine. Let me borrow it. It collects old man Logan and his run on Wolverine. Oh, regular Wolverine. Wow. Yeah. Regular Wolverine. And it's basically, I think it came out before Civil War, but it's written uh, by Mark Millar, obviously, with art by John Romita Jr. Oh, nice. And Wolverine gets uh, brainwashed by the Hand and Nagorogon to go and kill uh, all the superheroes, basically. So he's like out killing superheroes and supervillains, and S.H.I.E.L.D. is after him, and the X-Men are after him and Elektra's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's just like this chase. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's freaking fantastic. And Wolverine 
it's just the Wolverine you always wanted to see where he just is just killing people like berserker yeah. rages and just you got the samurai Wolverine and it's just like they gave Mark Millar the keys to the castle and said, just go do whatever you have to do with this character and make him what you think Wolverine should be. I highly recommend this. Nice. Right on. I love that's a great yeah. creative team. I love anything John Romita Jr. does. And uh, oh, God. I can't, his and, and Mark awesome. Millar. Yeah, Mar- anything Mark Millar does is so cinematic too. He's yeah. probably the best cinematic writer we've had. Well, they uh, didn't. They, isn't uh, what is that uh, that other movie that's his? Like he's had a lot of stuff adapted already. The uh, what's the fucking one with Samuel Jackson and their British spy agents? Oh, the Kingsman. Kingsman, isn't that his? Yeah, that's his. Yeah, Mil- um, uh, Miller World. He's got yeah. the whole Miller, Miller World, World series. Yeah. A lot of his yeah. stuff is very ready, which is kind of smart. It's ready to be made into yeah. a movie, you know? It's super. It's, I mean, whenever the Ultimates that he did, yeah. I was blown away. That was like well, the best comic I read in God knows how many years. And they and, based a lot of the shit in the MCU because that's where it was uh, Black uh, uh, Nick Fury, right? Yep. Yeah. Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson Nick yeah. Fury was yeah. off of that. They, I mean, I they think, actually drew him as Nick Fury before he was even in a movie as Nick yeah. Fury. They were like, but no, they, this is Sam Jackson. We're going to make Sam Jackson Nick Fury in the comic book. And you know they, you know they asked him for permission, yeah, right? Yeah. You guys, yeah. Because so, secretly Mark, he's like, oh, well, then sure, because I got this role then. It's a fucking uh, no-brainer, you know? Oh, it's a shoo <laughs> and, and I think what he does really well, Mark Millar, is I think when they wrote The Ultimates, they were like, well, let's just show everybody how this can be turned into a movie. Like, how yeah. can we make this plausible? Yeah. And it totally worked. Yeah, totally worked. So I recommend that. Oh, I have one more recommendation. Okay. Uh, I think I sent this to you guys. It was that video on Millennials. Did uh, you guys see that? Yes. I did actually watch it. And, uh, I actually haven't watched it yet. It's, you should watch it. It's 15 minutes. It's a little long for our short attention span yeah, generation. What the hell, myself, <laughs> myself, no, I'm, I'm guilty. I was like, oh, my God, this thing is still going. Come on. I want to I I go look at something else now on Facebook. But, um, no, it's really good. I, you know, we always joke around, like, you know, giving millennials shit and all this stuff. But this guy really breaks it down and explains why, you know, why it's hard to be a boss to millennials and where parenting went wrong and the corporate structure goes wrong and it's just a fantastic video to watch it's on facebook you guys you guys can find it anywhere on facebook at this point it, it it's uh it's kind of like a ted talk video it's with something called a iq millennial question uh a yes. vine survivor uh facebook page titled this is exactly wrong with this generation and when when he like lays it down it makes a lot of sense like yeah. Because you have to look at the the parents' generation, what led to this, and like you like you said, it's technology, it's questionable parenting, uh, all coming together, and then they get out of college and they get in a job and they don't understand why everything's so hard and they can't just get everything they want just because right. they want it right. because nobody taught them that because their parents told them you could do whatever you want, you're good at everything you do. Uh, but I like that. Man. See, I like that because <laughs> every you know every generation as you get older, you're like. Uh, these kids, they they yeah. suck. They don't yeah. know what they're doing. It, yeah. but it's like nobody points the finger as to why they're like that. Yes. Like a kid isn't born and yes. just raises himself. He has parents and teachers and and jobs that they're not doing what they're supposed to do with these kids. Look, it's always the parents' fault. Same way with dogs, it's always the owner's fault. It's never the oh, dog's always, fault. Always, but uh, you know, these kids they grow up to be parents and they pass on the bad habits. And and, and yes. like I have no hope for this next generation. If this generation got this shitty parenting. What are they going to do with their kids? Hey, it's like, I'll, how I'll, do you go ahead? 
<laughs> oh, I was just say it's like how do you give a license to drive and own a gun and fly a plane, but not to have a kid? That's it's just like- that is that was a great line. <laughs> Anthony, as a millennial on the show, comment. I'll just say. If you look at the stats, if millennials were the only ones voting, it would have been a 71% uh, in favor of the other side, not Trump. That is true. Was it the millennials exactly. that voted for that guy? Exactly. The people that raised the millennials are the ones that voted <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's the point that he's making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. It's, it's not, you know, and Tony, I don't. When I think of millennials, I never think of you. No, he's not millennials. your typical millennial. You're not. No. You're, we just you like know. the shit on him because he's this an age. Like, oh, yeah. I know because it's easy. It's, it's like, well, who's a, who's a millennial in a room? Oh, Tony. Let's make but fun of him. He's slowly yeah. getting older, which is gives me great joy. I know you. You squeal in delight, according to our Twitter. <laughs> every, every minute every that passes, older, every year I get older, it's like squeezing your your belly button. You just go. <laughs> Listen, whenever I'm sad and I, I just stop and I think to myself. Anthony's a little bit older now, and it makes me feel a lot better. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, you That's know why I turn myself up. <laughs> Tony, I'll tell you this. You know, I've been, you know, I'm going to turn 37 tomorrow, and I don't feel it, you know, and you, I'll tell you what, you work out, you keep active, and as long as you continue that, you'll be fine, and it, it doesn't, you know, the older you get, it doesn't get worse. I mean, certain things, yeah, they do get worse, but. Plus, he, <laughs> you know. he's got those great but, Asian genes. He's going to look 12 forever. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. When I go out, people always, I, I, one time quick story. I was at a wedding this past summer Yeah, I'm sitting there and everyone's getting served wine around the table. Yeah. Lady that serves wine takes my glass <laughs> and walks away. She takes my glass and walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened here? I was like, is she cleaning my glass? And you were probably and, like wine, please. And she yeah, takes she it takes and my, walks She took my glass and walk away. And then she comes back and I'm like, Oh, what happened to the glass? Did you guys run out of glass? Is there no more wine? Maybe it was there's a like, chip in it. Yeah, and she's like, "You're not 21." I'm like, oh, shit. "I'm like, uh, what?" She's like, "You're oh, not 21." God. I'm like, "I could show you my ID." She's like, "I don't believe that you're 21." I'm like, "Let me pull out my ID." She, oh, I pull out my shit. ID, and she was so embarrassed. But it was like she didn't even ask me. No, she, she, she had no like, doubt, no doubt that by. I wasn't 21. This is a child profile. Is that the last stuff. time you've been carded? I get carded. I mean, I get carded to walk walk in every bar. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, that's everybody's getting carded. But, but I mean, uh, yeah, at the bar, I get I'll get carded. Shit, enjoy you know, that. At the bars, I get carded fairly often. Yeah, I do too. But then actually. again, I'm also I'm also that asshole that or not an asshole, but I want to get carded, so I'll pull out my card. I'll preemptively pull <laughs> out my card. <laughs> Can you believe this? Yeah. <laughs> look at me. Look how old I am. Don't I look great for this age? Check out yeah. my ear. Uh, yeah, that's like, it's the opposite of me. I guess you think I'm 18. Look at my card. I get refused <laughs> service because they think I'm a homeless drunk already and they just cut me off walking in. <laughs> no, well, that it's either that or they like you walk in and they're like, they give you senior, senior citizen benefits. Yeah, I get, I get the cheap. They're like, have yeah. happy hours over, asshole. You missed yeah. it. They give me the half price drink. They yeah. give me like old timey drinks, like a gin. Uh, what's an old timey drink? Fucking gin mint, and tonic. A, a mint julep. Mint julep. <laughs> mint julep. <laughs> okay, good recommendations. I have two also. Uh, one is so recently for the holidays, I drove up with my wife to her in laws in Door County, which is uh, in Wisconsin. It's about four hours straight north from here each way. So I was like, four hours? This is a good time to get in some Dan Carlin's hardcore history episodes. This is an amazing podcast. This guy, Dan Carlin, pretty much does. He's not a historian. He's not like a professor. He just loves history, and he tells it to you almost like a movie. 
So what I'm currently into, it's a six-part series called Blueprint for Armageddon. Each episode is about four hours long. And this one deals with uh, the First World War. Uh, I'm in <laughs> episode, I just started four of six. And to show you how slow this goes and how much detail he puts in, this war lasted for about four years, 1914 to 1918. In episode four, he is just getting to like 1916. Like the first two episodes were mostly about 1914, but wow, what it's so compelling that you you have to listen to the next episode. You're like, I got to find out what happens. The way he explains, uh, this is probably one of the most complicated wars in history. The beauty of this first world war, nobody had seen anything like this up until the time there. This is the first war where there was heavy artillery with machine guns. They didn't have fucking metal helmets at the beginning of this war. They very quickly got metal helmets. Like, the, the, the casualties suffered in the first few days were in the triple digits. Nobody had seen carnage like this. And, and then they had plans, but they never anticipated any kind of uh, battles like this. And everyone just improvised for the next four years. It's an amazing fucking podcast. If you have, it's four hours of time, six parts. So it is a lot of time ask. But if you are uh, commuting, you could do it chunks at a time. I have to listen to the rest. Like, it's so good. So good. Dan Carlin's I, Hardcore History. I listened to the first episode of Blueprint for an Armageddon, and, and yeah. it is quite good. Um, he he can he has a way of narrating a story that makes it very interesting. It, yeah, it's so good. And he's talking about, he's talking, and if you like history and wars and all that yeah. stuff, it's, it. this is the stuff. And he quotes a lot of uh, writers from the time, so you're getting firsthand accounts of these things, and he weaves it in, and the amount of work, like, he puts out It's a one, podcast, by the way. It's just audio podcast. It's just, and it, there's no music. It's just him telling you history, and it's so fucking compelling. He's so good at it. Uh, so he definitely check on, that out. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yes, Joe's a big fan of Dan Carlin. This is a guy that he releases, uh, like, a couple episodes a year, but when they come out, Two million downloads instantly. Oh, shit. Like, this is one of those podcasts you just put in your podcast queue, and when you have time, you go and you get learned. You learn yourself some history. He's currently doing a series about uh, Persia and uh, that uh, the Archimedes War and the generals, so a lot older stuff. But there's fucking blueprint for Armageddon. God damn. And, you know, like, people don't talk about World War One. And you listen to this, and I'm thinking about Wonder Woman's setting and uh, how interesting that'll be uh, in, in that era. And not World War II. This was a devastating war. Like, they, the planet had never seen a force as big as the German army. They put together 1.5 million people. There had never been a military force that large. The last big war was the Napoleonic Wars. Their entire battalion was like 750,000 people. I think Imran's doing his best Dan Carlin impression right now. Holy shit, it's so good. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. It's it's so give good. us a synopsis. We, you know, we know this is four hours. Don't start a four-hour podcast on, on, on your review of Dan I'm, Carlin's I'm Hardcore gonna, History. I'm gonna Jesus review Christ. It. I'm going to review it all in real time, 24 hours, starting <laughs> out. Wow, that's actually, it's like 24 hours of podcast. You could, a whole It'll day. It'll be New Year's when he's done. Oh, It'll my be God, Imran, year. shut up. Okay, all right, moving on. My well, next, you got two things. I got two things. My other recommendation is a TV show on the sci-fi network. It's called The Magicians. And it is, it's kind of like Doctor Strange meets like uh, older Harry Potter kind of thing. Uh, it's not bad. They have one season out. Let me read you the synopsis real quick. 
Here's the synopsis. Based upon Lev Grossman's best-selling books, The Magicians, centers around Break Bills University, a secret institution specializing in magic. There, amidst an unorthodox education of spellcasting, a group of 20-something friends soon discover that a magical fantasy world they read about as children is all too real and poses grave danger to humanity. So it's, uh, it's like you have people who study magic. And they, they're devoted to magic their whole life. And there's a possibility that they may actually have latent magical abilities. And this, this university break bills kind of pulls them in and tests them and then trains them as magicians. Some of the magic reminds me of like Dr. Strange, the kind of the moves they pull in Dr. Strange. I watched like the first episode and a half of the second. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I got uh, sucked in because then this guy is reading the story. It's kind of like a Alice in Wonderland fairy tale story, but the story comes alive in the show. It becomes like a story in the story, and it gets all crazy, but not bad at all. Uh, if you have seen The Magician's Listener, let us know what you think. Uh, but I would recommend checking out uh, the first episode, at least. It may suck you. Good stuff, Imran. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> that that sounded like the most disingenuous thing he's ever said. That he's like fantastic. That, that I think you wore fantastic. I think you wore him out with your Dan Carlin with hardcore history. hardcore history recap. I can't help it. The shit is so fucking good. I like that you were like just quoting like stats from World War One because it's, <laughs> this is what this is what it was one point five million like, Germans. Point, think about that. That was that was actually really interesting. Thank you for sharing. Like I had no idea see? because I'm I'm a World War Two. See, I'm a World War Two buff. <laughs> yes. So I'm dying to read more on World War One. I. I know it was big and fucked up and ugly and disgusting. Way so. more fucked up. Yeah. World War One. Well, I wouldn't say it was up. way more. War is always fucked up. Well, that's true. Don't go way more fucked up. But it, right, it, uh, no, it, that wasn't you. That was Imran that said that. It flies. I mean, I just think the first one kind of people don't talk about it. it no one talks about it. It's, it's forgotten. But the world it, there's so many important things that happened in this time of man. Like this was the beginning of the, the new world. Uh, yeah, nobody had sure, seen yeah. warfare like this. And war wasn't. I'm sorry I prompted you again. Imran. Sorry. Look, last thing. Oh, I want to share a Facebook group post it's from David Zika. Over here. Jesus, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Hang in there, Bolotti. We're almost done. Zika oh Zika recommended something on our Facebook group, which you can find at jockernerd.com slash community. David Zika posts uh, this. It's a show called Crazy Head. He says, this just released on Netflix. Within the first two minutes, we get a girl tied down, being peed on by female clowns as part of a seance. Oh, shit. And then he comments underneath, someone just punted a dead bunny. Classic. Uh, the synopsis of this show Amy and Raquel attempt to navigate their way through the choppy waters of the early 20s while simultaneously kicking the ass of some seriously gnarly demons. What could possibly go wrong? It sounds like fun. It sounds like Ash versus the Evil Dead Sam Raimi fun. This show, I might check it out. Uh, that's pretty crazy comments from Zika about this show. Wow. Yeah, Again, interesting. Crazy head. I really can't wait to look into that. <laughs> hey, easy. Hey, hold back that enthusiasm. Listen, I'm the excited one here. Just calm down. I have to balance out your excitement by talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck it does, off. That sounds interesting. <laughs> right? It sounds. <laughs> At the very least, it's, that's a fucking weird opening. That is a weird opening. And, you know, Netflix is great because they're pushing for original content and they could do whatever the fuck they want. They could just make some crazy ass shows. So I got to watch that opening. That'll suck you in. Uh, and then finally, I just want to share some feedback following up from our last episode. Where we shared feedback from a listener, Jordan Wall, who wrote in about Al Pacino uh, liking Galaxy Guardians. Uh, Galaxy and, Guardians. <laughs> that's what he called it at the Q&A is what he said. 
Nice. And then uh, uh, he, and then Anthony, uh, you uh, called me out for having a man crush on this guy, Jordan, because he's an actor from Los Angeles, which is hilarious because he shared the show. He tweeted it out and he says, not only was I discussed in the latest episode of Jock and Nerdcast, looks like I got me a man crush as well. Hashtag life goals. Yep. <laughs> so thank Jordan, you, Jordan. He, Imran wants to be you. When when Jordan, when Imran goes to his fucking next CrossFit class and puts on his goddamn nanos and uh, it pulls up his white long socks, he wants to be you, Jordan Wall. I got to think I'm Jordan Wall. And then I responded. I was like, hey, it's not the nerd's fault. You have such a snazzy pick on your IMDB page. And then he shouted out his uh, photographer and publicist, actually. He says, smoke and mirrors, sharp suit, talented photographer, will do wonders at Trends L Make and at DC Portfolio, respectively responsible. So shout out to them. But we were like, Jordan, Rugboy was like, hey, you should get him on the show. And uh, he wrote in and he says, so I'm above a four on the man meter scale. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out and invite and invite. Would love to be part of the show sometime. I'll actually be in Chicago in June for my boy's wedding. So we can have him in here in fucking studio. Uh, and then the only thing, Michelle was my Glades classmate, not school. Oh, sorry. Michelle was my Glades castmate. Not school classmate, as I had said, because I'm a spaz. And even though I had the words written in front of me, my fucking words come out of my mouth sometime. So he was in the glades on Amy. Where else would they come out of your asshole? Yeah, my other holes. My words come out of my mouth sometime. And then they come out of my mouth. Bloody, this guy was an actor on the glades on A&E for like four years. He was a regular on that show. I heard. I was actually, I was thinking, I was like, wow, you have an actor that listens to this podcast. You have a um, Arctic scientist. You got a dude, a scientist with a PhD and a Boris. We have a great listeners. You have a scenic artist who works yep. on Hollywood productions. Yep. You have, dude. you have a, <laughs> did I, did I get them all? Did I get all the And I'm sure there's more. We have very interesting listeners and I love when they write in. He finishes the email. I think the majority of them are guys that sit in their base mom's basement. <laughs> Oh, listen, yeah. listener, prove prove the jock wrong. If you have an I mean, that's fine. Job, Sitting in your mom's basement's cool. Something isn't that what you're doing right now? Uh, my my own room in my parents' house. That's the same thing. Oh shit! Because <laughs> well, I don't have a computer <laughs> at my at my apartment. Uh, I just Tony's like Tony's like correction, Imran. It's actually upstairs in the second floor. Yeah, okay, son of a bitch. It's actually the coach house out in front. He finishes saying, <laughs> "Great Rogue One review, though. Hope you guys." are having a stellar holiday week. New Year's cheers, Jordan. Jordan Wall, thanks for writing in. And yeah, you come to Chicago, you come down, we be, we get you on before that. You just got to get on uh, the internet and uh, we can come hang out. Uh, but thanks for sharing the show and writing in. And I'm telling you, we have great listeners. We have if if you came into studio, Imran might faint. I'd be like, oh my God, it's Jordan Wall. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to get hot in the studio. Make sure his look, wife is there to mediate. Just like your photo. <laughs> it'd be another Imran. one of those situations nice. though where we just meet a random dude through a podcast and we Imran immediately trusts them with his life uh, I've let strangers <laughs> in uh, into my house at yes, the podcast yes you have I'll, look I want listeners on the show like uh, we have interesting listeners I want them involved I want other listeners to meet them so we're going to try to get Jordan on we're going to try to get our scientist advisor Adam Morris on who's got a PhD studies Arctic polar bears uh, that's going to be some fun stuff coming up in the new year I had an idea what you can do with uh, Jordan. Yeah. You should take him to the Dragon Lady. That should be your initiation oh, into geez. the Jock and Nerd. Jordan, Jordan you like vegan hot dogs? For uh, anyone that doesn't know what the Dragon Lady is, it's this <laughs> restaurant that Bilotti recommended to us. Granted, he's not from Chicago. I don't he know took why us we there. listened to him. He <laughs> took us there after we went to Godzilla Fest, yep. G-Fest, and there's an episode recorded at that uh, venue. 
which that's was our, very interesting. It was very fun. We, it? It was. we walked in and uh, we weren't, we didn't see anyone that worked there for about 15 minutes. There was no wide open. And yet, and yet Imran was like, yep, I'm going to set up right here. Absolutely. I was like, this, <laughs> this is, is where I'm setting up. Now. This is the spot. That's our G-Fest episode in which I break something, episode 118. You definitely want to check that out. It, I was actually listening to that again. It's a fucking great episode. It's really funny. Just like it's all amazing. the memories, all the memories it brought back. I was like, man, that was a fun fucking day. And uh, you can't make that shit up. I don't think the girls will ever listen again. <laughs> I'll just throw this out there because I don't think they're going to listen to this episode. Not this far. Yeah. I think, did, is there uh, audio of me talking to three girls? Uh, yeah. I hooked up with two yeah. of them. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. did you really? Yeah, I swear to God. No. Breaking news. Just one. Wait, who's the other one? It. The, well, there, look, was the, there was what? the one that is uh was ha- a halfy. The Pikachu girl. Pikachu oh, girl. Really? And then there She's was on the this. one that was friends with that, that was attempting her yeah. hand at drawing and, and wasn't very good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> listener, now you have uh, to go listen to 118. That, wow. Because that is When did the other he's a gentleman whoa. we will talk about this in the post show yeah well listen well, to the post I, show oh, because yeah. i want details oh, look geez. listener sign up for patreon because we're gonna get details in the post show but you're gonna have to sign up to our fan club at jockader.com slash patreon and this is a perfect place to put a pin in the show because i'm dying to know what the fuck happened john Bellotti, yeah. where can the listener find you thanks for hanging out by the way tell them where they can find your stuff oh well guys it's always a pleasure you know i love coming on this show um, we love you because i need I need to get my hateful, critical opinions out somehow. Um, <laughs> no, I, lo- I love everything, including you. All right, let me, let me finish here. Uh, Robo7.com is my website, R-O-B-O, the number 7.com. I have all my artwork, all my T-shirts, all of my posters that I sell through my website. And I have my Facebook page, Robo7, The Art of John Bellotti Jr. And that's where you can find me. Right on. We also have T-shirts that you can buy and hoodies and other things. If you just go to jockinner.com slash shop. Uh, you can order stuff with our logo on it. And if you do, listener, please send us a photo. Please let us know. What we want to see you wearing our shirt out and about town. Also, I'm on uh, this other Trivia Geeks podcast. Check it out. It's hilarious. Lots of fun. You can hear me uh, not know anything and try to answer questions. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, just visit the links in the show notes, jockinner.com slash 146 for links to everything we talked about. Anthony, what else should they do? Dude. Don't tell anyone about this show. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not the I, girls. I, I, that I'm, talking about, I'm talking about my fucking hookups on this show. Why would you want to listen to this? Go somewhere else. Can we get to the post show? I really need to know. What this is going to be the most downloaded know. episode ever. Now I have a feeling once uh, they get to the end of this episode, they're like, you got to listen to. Oh boy. That was a pretty big bombshell. I don't know what to say. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review. Go to jockander.com slash review. But really subscription is important because a new show comes out and you automatically have it. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't got to go uh, click anything, turn anything on. It comes right to your podcast app. And of course, tell a friend if they are fans of geek stuff, comic book stuff, science fiction, Godzilla, uh, anything we talked about, spread the word, spread the geekery, give them one of these. Jogger nerd! And we will love you forever. This has been the Jogger nerd Podcast. Thanks for listening. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Go stroke a barbell.
Okay, start at the beginning and don't leave anything out. 